to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album, a band, or an entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. And like all great podcasts, this is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text amongst friends that simply refuses to die. And you will know these guys by the trail of dead bits. <laughs> hey, how's it going? I'm Nat. Oh, wait, I mean, Noah, <laughs> a.k.a. No Apologies. I'm Adrian. I'm the producer, and I am pro-indie rock. And in the illustrious words of Lou Barlow, just give me indie rock. Yeah, we got a lot of it on today's episode. Yep. And I, of course, am Caleb, your host, a.k.a. the host a.k.a. the guy who hosts the show, a.k.a. the guy who kind of sounds like the host, a.k.a. the guy who keeps the show moving, a.k.a. the guy who reads the script. Sweet. Do you want to take that again? No, that stays in. That stays in. Because all that stuff's true. It's funny. Funny and true. Cool. What episode is this? Well, before we get into that, um, we're doing something we've never done before on the show. And that is we have a special guest. We have a, a fourth voice of unreason on the on this day's episode. So, guest, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Slap it, happy. Wah, wah. <laughs> and that, of course, is our new mascot, Slappy Pappy Wow Wow. <laughs> hey, this is. This is Nat, uh, a.k.a. DJ Red Jetta. Actually, it was a red golf. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. That, that of Ooh. course, is Nat. A lot of you have been asking for more of him in the reviews. He was featured in our uh, inaugural episode. He left a very uh, infamous voicemail. Um, slanderous voicemail. Slanderous voicemail, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> allegedly allegedly and he's joining us all the way from the uh the deep south in uh in atlanta as we call it natlanta deer hunter Thank country deer hunter country that's right hunting some deers out here rap snacks country yeah thanks for uh thanks for thanks for joining us this is really great and fun to have uh another person in the in the booth with us such as it is over zoom so yeah hopefully um we brought nat on in this uh, show because the album we're about to get into is a personal favorite of his and um i don't know at least every two years we have a ritual of getting pissed drunk and listening to this album so i thought uh who better than to uh you know have on the show than one of the our oldest homies so thanks for joining us welcome yeah no problem. Epis- thanks again episode 10 right episode 10 episode Ooh. x who would have episode thought? starring uh dudley moore and bo Derek. Yeah. And to think they said this would never last. <laughs> yeah. <Remember> that? Nice. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a cry for help. <laughs> and to think they said this would never last. You guys got it oh, the last boy. time, though. When you guys said it was canceled. And then you pull an April Fool's prank on us. 
uh, on all of your fans. Oh yeah. For everyone who stopped following us immediately after that, we're we're still going strong. We're still going strong. Yeah, we took you, a big uh, hit. We lost about thirty people, so <laughs> time oh, to rebuild. Damn, I'm sorry. Yep. I gotta get those followers back. I gotta pay some bots or something to get our numbers back up. <laughs> I think you probably lost them during that deer hunter episode. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, you can see like a we had fans. like a yeah, we had like a uh, like a, a heat map of where all our listeners are from and down there in the you know the southeastern quadrant of the country, <laughs> just kind of the tail end of the you know, the southern end of the eastern seaboard right there in around the the atlanta metro you just saw we started losing heat you started losing little red dots all over the place as noah got deeper and deeper into his uh no apologies baby all right let's go here we go (laughs) today's episode (laughs) nice today's episode we are doing and you will know us by the trail of the dead and their album is source tags and codes and that's from 2002. And from here on out, I will be calling this band A-Y-W-K-U-B-T-T-O-T-D. Good luck with that. Aiwakubatad. Aiwakubatad is a good band. You should call them Ellipses Aiwakubatad. Yeah, I forgot about the Ellipses. Yeah. They're, they're working with like 42 characters in this band name. It's pretty impressive. That's yeah, great. they actually uh it was shorter it originally. Twitter. It was shorter originally and then they made it longer. But let's uh let's dive into the uh, pitchfork review, shall we? Yeah, yeah, this is a big one. A this is a big one. Yeah. This is a yeah. big big fucking deal. Yeah, uh this one I don't know if it was I don't think it was the first, but it was a very early perfect score. So it's a 10.0. Uh, this predated Best New Music, so it didn't get one. Although I'm sure with that score, of course, it would probably fit the Breaking criteria. Rules. Well, I mean, you know, we play fast and loose over here. Uh, oh, it was yeah, reviewed yeah. by Matt Lemay. Uh, he he's been a kind of a, a longtime Pitchfork uh, critic, but uh, I'm not sure if he's written anything recently. Um, but he, I, I remember seeing his byline a lot back in the day. Uh, and here's a little piece from that review. Dense, beautiful, intricate, haunting, explosive, and dangerous. This is everything rock music aspires to be. Intense, incredible songs arranged perfectly and performed with skill and passion. Source tags and codes will take you in, rip you to shreds, piece you together, lick your wounds clean, and send you back into the world with a concurrent sense of loss and hope. And you will never, ever be the same. So a little hyperbolic, but I mean, I can't disagree with the sentiment sentiment there. After listening, to yeah, this. more like yeah. sediment. <laughs> oh, nice. What was their first ten point? And did we mention they got a ten point And that's why yeah. we're doing this. Yeah, tenth yeah. episode. Yeah, ten. Okay. I tried. To, I tried synergy. to look it up just now, but it's confusing because they've they've done classic albums and they've given oh, a ten point yeah. So you can't. Oh right. Yeah. I want to say it was that Amon, it might have been that Amon Tobin album or something. Oh, maybe yeah. that but, sounds about right. Yeah, but yeah. of all the tens that Pitchfork did like the holy trinity is this album the kanye beautiful twisted nightmare fantasy whatever and then most recently the uh fiona apple album that nobody cared about after two days after it dropped (laughs) her attempted (laughs) hip-hop 
He was rhyming and stealing. Waxing I feel like Wayne. you're personally calling me out because I haven't listened to that album in probably uh, yeah since it uh, the week it dropped. Even though <laughs> I really liked it a year ago, I think it came out like a year ago today. Who would have thought? Nobody cares Ooh, anymore. Man, no, it's fun. good. It's just not her best album by a mile. But whatever, we'll tackle that on another day. Yeah, but yeah. I think Pitchfork definitely did kind of force you to listen to that album though, because like. Well, again, I don't remember the last 10 before that Fiona Apple album. So they were like, you better fucking listen to this album as a fucking 10. And then yeah. being forced to listen to the album, I was like, I think I'm supposed to like this. I don't know. But <laughs> I only just listened to it just once. And then like that was that. Yeah, it was a very pitchfork move of them to be like, okay, we're going to do this uh yeah, we need to stimulate the economy. We need to break something. Uh, but it's a familiar artist. We got. We might get some normies to listen to it. They'll remember those, it was also, those videos from the 90s. I think it was also Let's kind of it. for the old pitchfork heads, too. Like, hey, remember when, you know, when this was uh, when this was it? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But um, enough of, of present day pitchfork. Let's get into this because uh, this was definitely around the time where I was getting super into them. Um, and let's get into this band. Uh, so as Noah mentioned, the, the album was released uh, on February 26, 2002 by Interscope Records, uh, which is a huge major label. It's um, not an undie label, folks. No, no. <laughs> sold <laughs> out, me, dude. They sold their souls. Yep. Fucking sellouts. Um, the first time we've covered fucking sellouts, too, I think. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so like they they did sign a multi-album deal prior to this uh this record. This was their first for the for a major and it was their third album overall. Um their previous record Madonna being released on Merge Records, a classic great indie label. But it was preceded by another release. So it wasn't technically their first major label release. The the Relative Ways EP uh came a little bit before that and I think in late 2001. But this record, Source Tags and Codes, was recorded in 2001, and uh, it was produced by Mike McCarthy, who also produced Madonna, the previous record. Uh, it was recorded in a few different places. Uh, Austin, Texas is where the band hails from. New York City, and then Katati, California, which I thought that was interesting. I don't know. Yeah, what uh, is, there... yeah. is that city? Yeah. Katati, it's, uh, it's, it's in Sonoma County. It's like north uh, of uh, Centerville. Yeah. Okay. I think right, Nat well, got pulled over once in Kotati, didn't you? If it, if that was the town right before, um, what was it Santa Rosa? Then yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Windsor or whatever. It's up near there. Yeah, so that I makes got sense. Racially profiled. They're like <laughs> horrible. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're like, sir, pull your jet over to the shoulder. <laughs> so, and then you're like, no. it's not a jet. It's a fucking golf. <laughs> I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, I mean, it's okay. That makes sense. It's probably like some small studio out there, uh, nestled in the woods or something. Yeah, that's wine country, nestled in the, the grapes. <laughs> so I, feel like uh, I have to check, but I feel like a friend of ours' uncle might be the one that runs that studio. I'd have to double check that, but I know it's a oh, small wow. town somewhere up there. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, maybe have a cool. little bit of a yeah, connection. Let us know. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, it was uh, so it was recorded in those cities, and then it was mixed in Nashville uh, on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar budget. So you know they're in the big leagues at this point uh, for a relatively small band up till this up till now. It's a lot Um, of money. 
150 yeah. G's. 150 G's. Tell me at least 20 of that was the cocaine budget. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I And like, I actually didn't really find too much background on the recording of this record. So a lot of the background stuff I have is kind of just more about some of these songs. But it sounded like it was kind of just like, I mean, at this point, they had recorded two two full length records, a number of EPs and singles or maybe not EPs, but uh, they had a number of singles. And so I think, you know, they uh, they probably took this as an opportunity to like really bring it. And, you know, it obviously shows on the record, but there's a lot of there's a lot of references and themes throughout the the songs. Uh, I mean, from names to, to kind of what they're about, like you know, Baudelaire is, you know, obviously a reference to Charles Baudelaire, the French poet. Charles. Charles. Days of Being Wild is uh, named after the Wong Kar Wai film, the, the great Wong Kar Wai film. Shout out uh, Wong Kar Wai. Shout out Hong Kong film. Shout out uh, the Wong Kar Wai uh, box set that one of us had at some point, right? <laughs> I have it still, the yeah. DVD box. And they what is just, that? It's a Chunking Express, In the Mood for Love, and what's the third? Days of piece? Being Wild, Fallen Angels. Oh, uh, Fallen Angels. Happy Together. Oh, happy Together, that's one. It's oh, basically together. the Criterion box set that they have now, except for the American films. And, and it looks damn good on the shelf, too, huh? Having it at your house. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and you're by, but, oh, shit. You have like, oh, this? I thought, yeah, I thought you would never ask. Yeah, I'm a fan of cinema, (laughs) of foreign film. Um, Remember, I'm an Anglophile, but for movies, I went to Best Buy. (laughs) I went to Best Buy, and I was like, "You guys got that Wong Kar Wai box set?" They're like, "No, but we can order for you. It'll be here like in two days." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." So I get there, and they had two of them, and so I bought one. And then for I would say the next five years, that second box set. Just sat there on the shelves of the, uh, <laughs> of the uh, Santa Maria Best Buy. So I thought you're. I thought you're gonna say as you were reaching for it, like another hand, Grace George was reaching for it at the same time, yeah. and then you just looked up and locked eyes. Yeah, I was like in the mood for love. It was like that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, getting back to the record. This one, this was an interesting one because I, after reading it, I was like, oh, I totally hear it now. The song Homage is literally an homage to Unwound, which is a huge influence on the band. And then, and like if you, if you, yeah, RIP, one of the best bassists in uh, in the Undie ground. Um, Yep. And then another interesting fact about that song is that uh, the producer, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy, when uh, the day came around to record it, he woke up. Conrad Keeley, the the singer, uh, one of the two main main dudes in this band, uh, by pouring cold water on him, uh, because he thought that like that would be <laughs> that would be enough to make him aggressive, so that he could really <laughs> shit out of the drums. Oh, um, and I mean, I guess you can kind of hear it. That song is super fucking aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so there's a couple of other notes here. It was there that I saw you. Uh, was inspired by living in Austin in the 90s before like yeah I think the quote was like before the USA went to shit or something like that which I can only imagine how Austin was in the 1990s yeah but the USA was in such great shape in the 90s too and you know the 80s (laughs) and all that before that so yeah really all downhill from there keep Austin weird bro (laughs) 
uh, and then it's also based on a girl that uh, Keeley had a crush on and, and late nights taking drugs with her and friends and shit. Another morning stoner, <laughs> I guess it, the, these guys are kind of tongue in cheek. So they say it's either about morning wood or uh, waking up and smoking weed. Um, and it was also inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Take you, know what, you know what both leads to? <laughs> What's that? Just a little www.freeones.com. <laughs> Second, <laughs> second shout out to free ones. Wow. This might be the third free one. <laughs> this guy was hey, a suicide. I, I, I got my, I got my mind sure. stuck in a uh, 2002. This guy was nice. beating it to suicide girls for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was also that song was also inspired by a relationship that he had that Keely had with uh, a Christian girl, uh, which you know was led to tension because he he's kind of. Uh, uh, had a problem with organized religion, um, which you know I had never really thought about that with that song, but uh, kind of makes sense when you Is that uh, the, revisit the lyrics. This world's a gutter that he likes to piss in. <laughs> Talking about God. Is that that song? Is it that song? No, yeah, that's we'll a different song. But that, that that line's on that album. So yeah, yeah. I remember well, very go. early on hearing that, and be like, oh, this guy's an atheist, like me. We'll get to the songs later. Let's do histories or something. <laughs> well. Uh, just to, to finish off the, the <laughs> you got somewhere to be noah yeah you're uh, you're just <laughs> raring to go uh, but anyways just to, again. to top it off <laughs> so to horny off, for this album yes top us off adrian yes to top us off this record it was pretty much instantly like a, a, a indie classic it was critically acclaimed pitchfork gave it the 10 a bunch of other places you know gave it high scores or gave it really great reviews there was a few you know well-known yeah. naysayers christ uh, man christ yeah Gow. our old speaking friend christ speaking at, of christians at the with the voice he was like uh he was not a fan i think he said this was a dud but overall it's been pretty much you know canonized is is like one of the classic indie rock records of this time period and uh you know it's hard to disagree and with that and also, too, like to not split hairs about genre, but like you could even say it's like one of the last big, like as a broad term, alternative rock albums, too. And it was kind of a, of a time where labels like Interscope were trying to break bands that were from more underground scenes, yeah, you know, like they Biscuit. Were, yeah, uh, like the famous for, indie band Limp Biscuit. Yeah, Limp Biscuit, Corn, <laughs> um, Backwards R. Yeah. Chronic 2001 stuff like was, that. Was uh, Eminem on this label at this point? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. No, I'm not saying this label specifically, but I, it was <laughs> it was kind of the last. Uh, it was the last gasp of that where they'd like yeah, you know be like, sure. hey, we're gonna go to Minneapolis and try to sign yeah. a group of bands, and then they did the Texas thing with like For at sure. the drive-in being from El Paso and like getting a major label deal, and these guys kind of being adjacent to that, and it was yep. like, and I think that was all kind of backwash from you know the broadly the grunge era or whatever where that was proved to be super lucrative so this is kind of as that was tapering off so yeah aside from being kind of an indie darling it was also a um alt rock yeah i had in my notes too speaking of that alt rock sound caleb i put i was like this is kind of the last time a lot of the guitar sounds on this album this is kind of the last time indie rock really sounded like this in a way yeah it sounded this broad you know and that one hundred fifty thousand dollars to 
record an album like you can take all your aspirations and like you know really go for it and you know make something out of it and you can definitely hear that you can definitely hear their yeah their aspirations and their um their you know their scope just really pushing i mean i could hear like i could hear like some of like the newer like emo like bands yeah oh nowadays yeah totally like that one band was it hoteliers oh the hotelier yeah for sure. Yeah. I think Yeah, just that really like rat a tat kind of drum. Like, like driving. Yeah, yeah. super yeah. yeah, super expansive. This, this this album is like it skirts the line. It almost like it's so close to falling into like the used or like <laughs> My or your favorite band, uh, American Football, who you still don't oh, know what they sound like. <laughs> Caleb, you stepped on my bit, dude. I was gonna I say, in one of these songs I put, is this what American Football sounds like? Guys, we got an Indiegogo going right now. If you go to our website, you can click on the link to our Indiegogo campaign. We're trying to get Noah uh, an American Football album so he can finally know what they sound like and listen just to Just one. Even, yeah, just even if it's the EP, just something so this man yeah, can... Yeah, they have a cult following, so their records are kind of hard to get on um, physical media. But um, I feel like if we get like 200 episodes out. into this podcast, I'll kind of have their sound pretty much pieced together. Piece yeah. approach. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah I think like there's... Make, make things up. Just to, to finish that thought about other bands, I think that there's like a... I think you're right, now in terms of like this being sort of a dominant sound, but I think other bands kind of carried that throughout the 2000s and 2010s. I mean, like a band that I thought of immediately was the band Yuck, who was kind of, but they're intentionally kind of throwing back to the 90s, 2000s sound. Yeah. And a band that I really love that uh, from recent times is uh, the band Dogleg. Uh, they they put out a record called Melee last year, and it it's it it's like definitely a kind of a spiritual cousin to this record, to Trail of Dead. And, but it's like it's cool that 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 kind of guitar rock is still, you know, still guitar being rock. guitar rock is still being influ- influential on you know tons this of is, uh, bands. like alternative prog almost. <laughs> yeah, totally. And th- that Emo term guitar prog. rock is such like I just remember being like I don't know how old we you were you know me and you were age when we were kind of our, in our nascent like music nerd days. It might have been like eighth grade. And we were like 26 and you think of things. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but there's like guitar rock as a genre would come. Yeah. Four would years. come up a lot. Shaving some. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. Oh, no, I'm not saying no, I'm saying what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as a 30 year old man. <laughs> no, but like guitar rock, like it, that was like a term for a while. And like you say it now and it's like, yeah, rock music has guitars. What the fuck is guitar rock? What does that like, mean? Well, the way I've always thought it to mean was like this band would probably be the last like little wave of it, but like bands that weren't quite like alt alt punk, shout out alt punk comp, um, <laughs> um, that weren't quite alt punk or like indie indie, you know, indie undie, um, that weren't quite grunge and they weren't quite emo or whatever. So like in the, its like, feelings, yeah, but had really like. I don't know, like the Smashing Pumpkins were called guitar rock at times as like a big mainstream example. Those first couple like Foo Fighters albums, you know, and then there's some more like kind of 
underground stuff that was also given that given that description and um i just remember it being like i don't know it's like one of those things it's like you don't know what it is but you know when you hear it you know and i don't know it's funny that you just brought it up it's just a it's a weird tag but it has some uh, it was called the return of the rock baby return <laughs> of the rock uh shout out return of the rock comp um that was a good one that was bands like scrap and witch pit or not uh like uh there was a lot, then, of, cha- there was a lot I, of chain wallet spiky hair bands um yeah. i think like this band and like Snapcase and like sparta was like at that other tier of that yes that part of the spectrum of the so, return of the rock Snapcase from buffalo the like the post hardcore band yeah so Sweet. nat you mentioned sparta and i was trying to think i was like so who and you will know us by the trail of the dead who were they like opening for or who were they touring with was it like i think they toured with sparta and at the drive-in okay time. so it yeah, was like probably. they were more touring with Texas at the fans. drive-in because i'm like they could be on a tour like they could almost play like a fucking warp tour or something like i was like what lane were they fitting like what crowd were they attracting kind of and that's probably why they never got broke hugely, you know, other than, you know, having a couple of videos and a couple of singles from this album and having somewhat good reception and touring health um, subsequent to this album. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they kind of just, uh, I think like Adrian said, a lot of other bands market corrected for this band by going in a more singular route. Yeah. This band, I wouldn't call them an emo band or put them in that, like the tween like warp tour shit because i don't know i thought they were a lot smarter but they were also more eclectic than a lot of those bands a lot I of those bands were them. just like you know they were doing cool studio shit and just like um you know had a wide range of references i could see them opening for like afi on like the sing the sorrow tour or something i think they did now that you're okay, mentioning you it go. i think they did so it's like what is your lane guys are you guys cool kids or are you guys fucking sing the sorrow kids like what are, what are you like how are you combing kind of your hair? Yourself. Are you They're combing kind of your hair straight kind of... down over your oh, eyes? They, they, oh no, they totally shaggy. had. What are you know, they? Yeah. had shaggy Caesars. Okay. They mm-hmm. they were kind of both and neither at the same. Like Where's they kind your... of yeah. could straddle both, but they were is not your lip really ring in or is it out? You have a lip <laughs> ring. What what are we talking? No, about? no piercings. Maybe some, you know. You have a Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> piercings. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I'll, I, we could get into that, like where you know, when I go into my history, give you a little preview. I'm definitely going to get into that of like, yeah, what this band symbolizes, what scene they fit into, you know, and that's kind of what made them unique and resonated with me, at least, you know, because I wasn't. Oh, I'm a single sorrow guy now, but I definitely wasn't like I was an AFI fan, but I'm not like yeah. one of those AFI fans. I had but, so many... but I wasn't. I wasn't a built to spill kid. I was, you know, I wasn't like. I don't know. I didn't have a Spock haircut and I wasn't an indie kid either. You know, was, I was somewhere in between. That's why I made this band meant a lot to me at the time. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, they're, they're kind of straddling a lot of things. And they're kind of a lot of things are different. Because I had people. a lot of friends that listened to that, you know, quote unquote, punk rock, like the AFI style of punk rock, which bled into like the used and uh, that shitty. What's that other band? The, uh, what the, uh, the, the other one. That was huge. My Chemical Romance. It sort of bled into that stuff. But like the the kids that I knew that were super into AFI, they weren't necessarily listening to this album. 
it was more like kind of like you like nat he was into like thursday and he was listening to this there was like Mm. a divide and they never fit i feel like they were in the middle they never like what would you say about that nat i mean at first i thought you were trying to attack me or something (laughs) musical taste but yeah and yeah thursday which is still an album full collapse like the only one that i would revisit every now and then it's pretty close to i would say to this album well especially to like since i have a background of you know playing drums yeah it's a drummer's record for sure yeah, like both those two albums are very like snare heavy, just you know, just basic like paradiddles and like lots of like crash symbols. But uh, there was that. I mean, they called it post hardcore, but then again, like to this day, I do have like difficulties of trying to figure out what is like what is part of post hardcore. Yeah, it's a very like, it's a super. Odd confusing genre title tag and i don't know because it's like post because like hardcore was in a way post-punk as it was so like you're adding another modifier to it yeah what post-hardcore was like it's like a lineage of bands it's not really a sound so there was bands like um like rites of spring and um like uh moss icon and then, like, later bands like Indian Summer and Maudrier, like, who were, mm-hmm. like, they were attached to hardcore scenes. But then, like, when hardcore had a singular sound, they were some of those first bands to step outside of hardcore and slow things down, do a little bit more, like, sing-songy vocals, use more melodic and instrumental passages. And then, and then, but then the relationship to hardcore got further and further distance you know because bands would just start sounding like those bands and that would be their primary you know uh point of entry would be like a band like rites of spring and then so it was just bands that started sounding like rites of springs and then so forth and so on to like the actual connection to hardcore was only i would say a couple album cycles or a couple years after like you know hardcore got really big and probably like peaked in like 1986 or whatever yeah Yeah, so that's that's always kind of been my understanding of it is it was sounding like former hardcore bands at a point, but I don't know. Cool. That'd be cool to identify as a post hard as to identify as a post hardcore kid. I think I'm gonna start doing that. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think these bands actually like when they, you know, record an album or when they're like starting a band, they're not like saying like 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 okay guys, we're like, we're a post hardcore band here. It's more yeah. like. That designation kind of gets just tossed in yeah. later. I've also heard them called loud, quiet bands too. You know, to even have them like a stupider term, because like yeah, I don't know. It was bands that weren't heavy, but were, I don't know, dense and I don't know, I guess heavy in their own way, but not like chugga chugga heavy or you know metal heavy well, or whatever. A lot of distortion and a lot of like like intricate riffing and. passion i think passion is a huge part of it like just passionate vocals passionate guitars passionate drums as you guys were mentioning like that i think that's just a huge part of it uh whereas hardcore is kind of more it can be more grinding or more like just kind of you know like hammering away versus like kind of more i don't know it yeah it just has a different sensibility 
which yeah. again, it's it, it's all about the sensibility. And like, yeah, I don't think any band goes out and he's like, I want to be a post hardcore band. I think they just like, <laughs> I like these other bands that influence me. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm... it's it's the whole thing of like, uh, these terms can be useful, but they can also just be like this. Like, we're just like confused and just kind of like, you know, there could be so much under that umbrella. Like, I heard a great definition of hardcore from a, um, the dude uh Har- Har- no harley flanagan actually uh from chromax who by the way look up interviews of him that dude's super smart and he has no traces of a new york accent it is the trippiest thing <laughs> how he has a normal dude he has a normal voice quote unquote normal i thought those guys leaned into that no he doesn't <laughs> he's it's the weirdest thing he sounds like he could be from anywhere uh That's it's really wild. it really trips me out yeah what is Anyways, the definition so he was talking about hardcore as you know i'm gonna paraphrase it and probably butcher it but he was talking about hardcore was like hardcore. it took punk <laughs> see he doesn't talk like and then it just like um it just made it harder and harder and reduced it down to like the most elemental versions of punk rock and rock music and just encased it in this like hard reduced form of punk rock and so I think post hardcore when you apply that it's the same but it's it's a little bit more free flowing it's a little bit more you know yeah. less rigid and so it, I think of... post hardcore maybe puts in a little more weirdo back into cuz there was a yeah. time where yeah, totally. hardcore just became broed out muscle head music and it took mm. out like yeah it kind of erased the weirdos Still from fuck punk it rock. is dude don't disrespect yeah. hardcore <laughs> like you know how punk rock was such like a weirdo space for people like almost like dorks and stuff and the hardcore is like no all the freaks that. and all the nerds and all the junkies flocked <laughs> well before it like before the late 80s when it kind of coalesced into a <laughs> before the late 80s when it kind of like congealed into a, like a solidified sound i think it was like just kind of a broad thing where people were like i don't know you fucking like the Minutemen and Black Flag are not at all similar in terms of like sound, really. But right. they're they're lumped in together. I mean, you could argue attitude has more to do with it, or or yeah, you know. You but it's you know attitude again, and also means of production. You know, they yeah. had a, had a materialist like kind of element too as well. You know. Yeah, like the same kind of philosophy, the same kind of, you know, and and yes, some similar sounds, but for the most part, like a lot of these bands were still, you know, doing their own thing. Uh, and but it, they formed a scene and that would just happen to be the scene is the hardcore scene. Yeah, yeah totally. We'll All talk right. more about this on our um, terror one with the underdogs episode. Let's do history. Oh, that we'll inevitably do. All right. Let's go into our pHs. Let's adjust our pH levels here. Um, Nat. You know, you're our guest. Let's give you greens on uh, this segment. What's your okay, history so with this album? First time that actually discovered them was on MTV2. Uh, I used to stay up pretty late on, like, even school nights. Fuck you, mom and dad. <laughs> that's a bad boy. That's the bad boy yeah. group, everyone. Watch out. <laughs> Don't tell me to go to sleep. So, um... <laughs> They were regularly on like 120 minutes. I think they like, so they brought it back like in like the late like 90s and early aughts, I think. And um, it was always on like at like 12 at midnight. And yeah, um, Relative Ways and Another Morning Stoner were two songs that they had on 
rotation. I even uh, recorded those like music videos on some old like Thai novellas, like VHS. <laughs> so it was like, so it was like, it was like a super like long like VHS, like what, like three hours would be pretty hefty, like if. Yeah, because I yeah, remember I you could anymore. record a whole pay per view, like a WWE pay per view event on it. On those one blank of those ones, tapes. you could get so that like would a, be about three hours, right? Those blank ones, you could get like a six-hour tape. Well, it was like three mm. hours low quality, six hour or like six hours low quality, three hours if you want higher quality. Is from what I remember, depending on yeah. the speed. Back in the glory days of VHS. Yeah. yeah, so I mean that was pretty much <laughs> that was pretty much how I discovered music because uh you know i uh i i didn't have any older siblings like like you two Noah and caleb or i didn't get like adopted by them like adrian you know but uh <laughs> and i mean there were you know i had friends who had older brothers but hey i mean <laughs> i won't get into the band because <laughs> thinking, of, thinking of those bands that they kind of like recommend me like back in the day just makes me kind of cringe nowadays like i was saying (laughs) it can swing it can swing swing so hard the other way with the older siblings (laughs) yeah Yeah, for a while there was just every older brother was like you guys gotta listen to sublime check out sublime like shut the fuck up like check out sublime or i'll fuck you up this band's all about chilling good times i will fucking beat you up if you don't listen to this fucking yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't be a bunch of a word i don't want to say but that's what it was that's what it was in the late 90s yeah and probably like like bradley Noel would not be all about that you know (laughs) it's all about positive vibes yeah, that guy didn't have a hateful, homophobic, uh, like you know. <laughs> and I was saying, um, this was definitely one of like the earlier albums that I like, like pirated through LimeWire. Nice. You know, Hotel you Lars. Just... Oh no! <laughs> you have outstanding beef with Lars. Uh, just a just a warning. Yeah, you know how yeah. people are always saying "friend of the pod." We say "enemy of the pod." Lars Ulrich. And as a drummer, you should get you should get behind us on that too. Yeah, I'd say that too. His fucking big ass dome of fucking head. Fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah. I would. I actually, I would say it too. About six inches of air above his head to his face. <laughs> He's a tiny man. Yeah. I'll knock your dick in the dirt, Lars. <laughs> and also as a as a former drummer, uh, change your snare drum sound, bro. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking trash can. And not like one of the trash cans from the dudes in Slipknot. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> not a tasteful trash can. So, anyways, uh, so sorry, oh, sorry, um, no, we, we keep we, we digress a lot no, on the show, but we're no, able to no, keep you good. on, uh, it's all good. yeah, keep you flowing. Sorry, so I mean, yeah, this just album was definitely in the red like Jetta Jam collection volume one it was on the first few pages probably of that oh nice, page. nice yeah yeah um can you give us a sense of like and, what that would be next to like what it's kind of yeah. like across the yeah. street neighbors, next door neighbor would have been yeah just give us a little sense <laughs> we talk time, about the, a lot about the lore of the red Jetta Jams 
Yeah. We, what's it so actually look like? Probably along like with that page, it would be like like glass jaw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. uh, Former members of Sons right. of Abraham, uh, another who, kind uh, of Jewish hardcore band. Another kind of emo-ish hardcore band, right? Sort mm. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I definitely can't listen to them anymore. Like, like the vocals just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I'm more of a head automatica guy. <laughs> like, what's so. like, like what's like the opposite of like an earworm? <laughs> like an ear dildo. Wait, no, but that's a good thing too, right? Uh, it'd be something coming out, <laughs> out, of, out of Yeah, here. something coming out. Something that burrows <laughs> out. <laughs> be like a... Hmm. Be like an ear weed. It like yeah. grows Yeah, it grows out. Ear weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, let's see. Oh, um, I know Fuse was on around that same area too. Oh, nice. Same section. Did you try to throw Thursday. that CD out of his car at one we, point, though, Noah? We successfully. I did. <laughs> no, we I peer, did. We peer pressured him to chuck that out of his the sunroof of his Jetta. No, you, no, you didn't peer pressure me. I do remember. Uh, I thought we were know, like, throw get... it out. Throw it out. <laughs> no, like, I remember like, like putting it on, and I was, you know, a little... Under the influence of the devil's cabbage weed, I guess cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> devil's and like marijuana, uh, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> and I was starting to get super like self conscious, and I was like, "I think this shit sucks." Am I right, guys? And I was like, oh, it's, "It's kind of a classic." I was like, "No, this sucks." And then I just like jacked it, and then you like throw it out. I was like, "Fuck it." <laughs> that was in Cacti, California, or whatever. Cop no, that was Cotati. Cotati. I think it's somewhere out, like, like in Watsonville. Yeah, you think, we were, you like, think some kid, this. some kid, we driving picked that up, just wandering around like the the world. He's like, "Ooh, what is this?" And he put it on, and then it changed his life. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably became like an anarchist or something, right? Yeah, anti-government yeah. dude. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, yeah um, RIP uh, my CD case. That was definitely <laughs> that was stolen. I was like, "Why the fuck would anyone like want to steal?" A CD booklet of burnt CDs. I don't know, but <laughs> and it weren't, and it wasn't even like good too, because it was like kind of like dated by, like by then, and I just like switched over to you know, like an iPod. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's see. So going back to history with this album, um, I got to see him live. You know, perform this album like from front to back. And then they did an encore of a, uh, of like a couple of her songs, but that was like that definitely brought me back to, you know, going to those early, quote unquote, post hardcore shows when I was in my late teens. Those matinee, matinee hardcore shows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, we, we used to go to the fucking Glass House in Pomona. We used to go to the fucking Chain Reaction in uh, fucking Anaheim. All the dudes jobs. were there. We all had jobs. We couldn't play late at night. We had to play at fucking 630 right when we got off work. Yeah. We just, we'd go to <laughs> we're bed. We're working class dudes. We worked in the pizza store. 
<laughs> we worked at the gas stations. We go we to bed. At the deli. And plus, that was when all like, the hot teenage girls would come out, and you could really mac on the end. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and actually, like, like funny thing, we got the show, like, Conrad Keeley was just hanging up, like, hanging up, like, hanging out, like, near, like, the line. Like, you know, just, like, standing there. And, and I'm like, is he expecting someone to, like, Say hi to him, but like no one said yeah. hi to him. Perhaps a teenage bad. girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know those, dude. Like you know those. Eases. Pop punk, pop punkers, and emo rockers, and you know. Yeah, post hardcore kids. Thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Like to do some brand new. Hey. Yay. No good. That's no Yeesh. good. Yeah. Well, enough about. Pedophiles, I guess. Uh... <laughs> You'd be surprised. That's a whole uh, uh, podcast industrial complex. This is a QAnon yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was pedophile corner. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna Do round them all up and uh, finally get rid of them. Do you believe? It? Yeah, slick, wi- <laughs> slick Willie and crim- criminal Hillary. We're coming. To- all right. <laughs> well, Nat, thanks for who, your history. Who is slick Willie? Yeah. Now, do you have anything more about your history? We kind of kept stepping on, on the lines. <laughs> yeah, this album, I still listen to it like at least once or two times a year. And it's just that easy album to listen to, like front to back, you know, just yeah, like, throw it on. If you're like commuting, it's, I think the album's like 45 minutes. So it's like perfect, like from door to door kind of yeah. album. Or if, you know, on weekends, if I'm like, like cooking, like yeah. like well, let's, a, let's know, save that for your like current. Your current. Yeah, we'll okay. do the. We'll put that okay. in the. Yeah, in the uh, CRs um, later. So, yeah, uh, it's cool. Noah. What's your um, what's your pH with this? Yeah, I have kind of a limited history with this album. Um, okay, I definitely. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just uh, my brother Zachary would have showed me this album, and I remember listening to it in his car. And uh, eventually I bought it in like a used bin at Boo Boo's for like five bucks. It was like a used CD. And it stayed in my car for like. Those were good... always a pretty good resource. You, yeah. You had, to, yeah. you had to truffle hunt for good shit, but like. But you could buy some like. Of the, some of that came up. You get some come ups from that. You could buy like 20 CDs for like, <laughs> I don't know, 30 bucks or something. Um, yeah, you can get some of those two, three buck specials for sure. Yeah. So this one was probably a little pricier because it was new. This would have been like 2004, so it was like two years old. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I remember I had this in my car. It, like you were saying, that it's a good car record. I think maybe it's just the drums and stuff. It's like rocking out in your car. And also, do you guys, Nat and Adrian, this would have been a CD that was in the CD spindle at the pizza store right didn't we put this on oh that's a good wasn't it question. in the pizza pizza store rotation nat do you remember um i don't know i, I wasn't really like allowed to put on anything well because that's the thing yeah now that's the because i feel like this this album was like a bridge like a olive branch to the, that. to the butt metal that the 
the DJ was controlling at the time. <laughs> so we could be like, here, listen to the That's like, a cool this- pizza store. You had an in-house DJ? Yeah, but it was like nothing yeah. but fucking racist Pantera records. The guy wasn't racist. <laughs> like, yeah. I just want to say that. But but Pantera definitely was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like white even, power. Florida not the members, music. the music. It creates a racist. When you're like, it's this like weird alchemic thing that happens when that uh, music I'll makes. Go ahead and say the members as well. <laughs> yeah, and the members, I, right. I'm sure the they members. are. But they create a fifth, even more racist member through yeah. the alchemic <laughs> process of making that music. That's all I want to say. Oh, yeah. True. This reminds me of my time delivering pizzas. I was either rocking out with this in my car, and I think it would get played at the pizza store from time to time. Yeah, I think but you're yeah, right. Um, but yeah, definitely a kind of limited history. And honestly, after maybe 2005 or six, I kind of like forgot this album existed. Like I haven't listened to this thing in 15 years. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's my limited personal history. Nice. Okay. Adrian. Me and you go way back with this album. So what's your yeah. what's your what's your side of the story? <laughs> yeah. So you know, I was thinking about this, and then yeah, I, I think it was probably you. Either you bought the record. Uh, we'll get to that when you you do your history. But I, from what I can remember, is you had the record. Either you you bought it or you got it somehow. And I was like, can you give me a copy? And so you uh, you had you either burn a copy or you had your brother burn a copy brother Zachary uh, and whatever, however that happened, it got to me and it was labeled and you'll notice by a trail of dead source tags and codes, Adrian sucks at life. And that was like a running joke for so long in our little group of friends. Um, yeah. And I actually, well, do you remember, I remember how that bit, how that bit started? Was it, I was it, it was, because go ahead, it was, go ahead. It was outside, it was the Ethel Pope Museum. There was a benefit show for some kid who got lit on fire. And oh, um, <laughs> and then so Zachary was there because he was like, you know, hanging around. Uh, and Pope, you know, he, he was Pope, in the Pope, Pope was there, was prisoners of prisoners of pattern, uh, of planet Earth. Shout out, Pope, great post hardcore, great post rock band. There. Freak of failure yeah. was rocking the house. Anyway, so we were, I was hanging out. My launch pad. Zachary was there and because uh, he was kind of involved in that scene. And then we had this like a parade of my friends walked out and they all played different instruments. And it was like, I'm not going to say their names, but like Johnny sucks at guitar. Billy sucks at drums. And Adrian sucks at life because not because Adrian did. It's because Zachary couldn't remember what instrument he played. So he just said he sucked at life. <laughs> Stuff. that was that's and then then it got labeled and turned into a whole brand apparently on verbatim cdrs <laughs> wait so how is this kid getting like lit on fire <laughs> i want to know that part i don't know I, we might have to there might be <laughs> another podcast wait, another wait, central was coast fire? was it the fire kid or the train kid the kid that got ran over by oh a train? it might have been the train kid. i think his name was sean I think it was the train kid, the guy that got drunk and slept on the train tracks and then his oh, body got yeah. cut off. I don't know. We'll have to listen to that true crime Santa Maria podcast. No, but Caleb, <laughs> there was a fire kid too. 
<laughs> yeah. Anyways, this kid was like a punk rocker, so they're like, let's throw him a benefit. And they probably shout out to all those it bands. Do your thing. They probably made like forty five bucks on the whole. It wasn't thing. like his house burned down. And no, he was at like he was up yeah. at like Mount Figueroa. And oh, he got lit you're on right, fire. You're right. You're right. He fell yeah. into a bonfire. He yeah. fell into a bonfire. Yeah. yeah. Which is just called a that's called a, a Santa Maria Inferno. It happens all the time. It's actually <laughs> yeah, it one of the leading causes of maiming on, in the Central Coast. It was the fire kid, Caleb. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Anyways, um, back to right, well, So yeah, that's um. Speaking of burned CDs. <laughs> yeah. So that shit. That was a burn on a number of levels but uh so yeah that was always very memorable and you know it was really fun it, you know it was in jest uh but you know zachary was always kind of like that grumpiness uh so it was uh it was a nice memory thinking back on that and then i i remember later like i don't know 10 years later maybe when i'm cleaning out my room to maybe to move up to, to the bay uh i remember i found that disc and it was it was like cracked in half the bottom of a drawer but i was like damn man this this thing and me go way back um but yeah once i got that disc it was kind of all over like i i just i became obsessed with the record i started playing it all the time i really loved it from the like immediately it kind of grabbed me uh i have a really distinct memory of like the weekend after i got this he probably brought this to to our high school and and then like on that weekend i was hanging out at our other friend's house uh, smoking the devil's lettuce on a Sunday morning against God's will. And uh, I was remember listening to this uh, on like his computer. Uh, I don't think, I think every, everyone was still kind of asleep or half asleep. And I just remember listening to this, putting it on, putting on my headphones and like going up probably on whatever website, like pit, probably on pitchfork or something, whatever was going on back then, maybe a bulletin board or something, but it just, it sounded so good to my teenage years and it became a soundtrack. I, I the note I wrote here is like it was a soundtrack to a lot of emotions, but maybe not necessarily specific memories. If that totally. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because like it, there's a lot. I mean, the the record itself is very emotional, and there's a lot of feelings, and not like in the emo way where it's kind of almost on the end edge of whining. It's just more like passionate, like we were yeah. talking about before. Yeah, his, vaguer, voice, more, his more his, like mystic, I would say. His voice is good. better than a lot of those emo trash guys. Yeah, it has a lot more depth. It's not quite that whiny register, although he does hit the high notes at times. Or I think actually both both of the dudes, the main dudes, sang on this at different points. Yeah, totally. So yeah, like it became this. The record became kind of a soundtrack throughout the rest of my high school days and uh, up through you know through college and. Uh, it never really left my uh, my listening rotation, um, but yeah, it was definitely it, it was definitely a center console disc for me. And yeah, it it just I really I really identify with the music, and it's funny because I feel like the CD kind of made a rotation around our friends, like it spread out from like Caleb through our through me and some other friends until eventually like everyone was kind of listening to this record. Uh, our friend Jamaica you know she actually really fell in love with this band to the point where i think she has more than one trail of dead tattoo she's marked for life yeah yeah totally so this really hit A our lot friend of pretty letters, hard jamaica <laughs> yeah so yeah it, it, i think it meant a lot to me and it meant a lot to everyone around me at the time so you know 
I, I revisiting it, it brought up a lot of those, you know, both pleasant and painful memories, honestly, because, you know, uh, a lot of that, a lot of that turmoil of teenage angst and bullshit, you know, was soundtracked by this record for me. So, you know, it, it, it's one of those, uh, those all time classics for me. Yeah. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So, I mean, to, Can com- to completely piggyback off of that, I mean, like, yeah, I mean that's almost verbatim to to quote my favorite um, CDR company. <laughs> um, basically, my experience with this album. But I first heard of this band. There used to be this show, and it wasn't the one that the Zappa Brothers hosted, but it was like this other one that was oh, on the US. Hour. Is that Happy? No, that was their show. But it was like a USA Network show that would have like indie bands, alt bands, whatever would play, it. and this and. Anyone else by Trello Dead was on the show. Dave, Dave Penfield's show. Matt, Matt Penfield. Penfield. Yeah. I think you're conflating Matt Penfield and Dave Holmes. Yeah. Oh, oh that's a good conflation. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, USA had some sort of show where like a bands would kind of just play and they have like a like a light format or whatever, a loose format. Anyways, so um I saw them on there and they're interviewing Conrad Keeley and he was like saying the name of his band i was like what the fuck that's a long band name and that was like this wasn't probably 2000 2001 2002 like there had always been long band names but that was like fucking like you know that was like i was like what you can name your band that was like these guys are on to something else and um and this so fast forward year or month whatever I came into a little bit of money doing like landscaping for some job that i got through high school or something and um so i was like whatever i'm gonna spend my money on what i should as a red-blooded santa marian and that's like weed and good music so like about <laughs> bought like a little pipe bought some weed i was like yeah let's go to best buy so um went to best buy and i think if i remember right this weekend the same weekend i bought this and rated r by queens of the stone age and those are like the two like the triumvirate of my early teenagers would have been though these two albums and then relationship at command by at the drive-in um like really just yeah. kind of fucking blew the lid off for me kind of kind like, of of a piece all three of those yeah i would yeah, say like sure. the outlier is probably queens of stone age because i don't know they're definitely more like rock music and they're not so like emotionally driven or rooted in i don't know a certain kind of punk that I'd say those other two bands are, but I believe I bought that the same weekend. And um, brother Zachary, he, we were at the Best Buy, and um, he was like, "Oh, have you heard this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, th- I saw these guys, and they were like rocking out on the USA Network, or whatever." He's like, "It's good." He's like, "Yeah, if, you know, you should get it if you, you don't have anything picked out." And he's like, "I'm trying to tell you what to do." He's always cool like that, and I was just like, "Oh no, that sounds good. I've heard of this band," and that's like that's all it took back then was like i've heard of this band <laughs> and then you're like okay therefore i'm gonna listen to them and then inevitably they become like your favorite band um so then i like listened to it like a lot and it yeah like adrian was saying it was just like this really just deep tome of my 15 16 into 17 you know year old ages like it basically introduced me to music that was it took my interest in like basic punk grunge classic rock you know more basic 
taste, normie shit. And um, well, I took it into this like different kind of rock music that was kind of pulling on all those things that, but there was like super deep and emotive and just like densely emotional, uh, but also just had this like poetic and chaotic energy at the same time. And it's like, I know it kind of created this haze over my like music brain. It was just like this thing that was just like all these different layers that really just drove me to like want to uncover and want to unpack and go like deeper. And it was like, yeah, and it was like, you know, it really, it really taught me that like, and those other two albums I was talking about, it's like guitar based rock music. It like doesn't just need to be heavy or angry. It can have all these different shades you know, of, of emotions and different intellectual pursuits and all these things. And it was just like this, I hate this fucking word. Cause it makes you sound like a bacon dude, but it's like, it's just epic, you know, in scope. <laughs> and, um, it had this mystique around it. Well, I thought you were going to say a way worse word than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> but it had this mystique, you know, from like the art nouveau kind of vibe they had with like the cover, like the weird name with the ellipses that starts it. And so like, I was just always kind of like trying to unpack all of that. And so it just kind of took me deeper and deeper into the album. And yeah, it was like one of my most listened to albums of high school. Like I just, I just listened to that motherfucker like all the time and just like, would enjoy bad word. Yeah. <laughs> and would enjoy all like just the extra noises and those interstitials that they did and the weird, I don't know, old timey music and all the I don't know, different things that they put on top of, you know, music that I was more or less interested in, but just like expanded on it in a way that I just had never heard before and was really interested in. And um, yeah, it was kind of an enigma and that that enigma just kept me totally captivated, you know, as, as a 15 year old. And um, yeah, it was everything I loved about, you know, alt punk. Shout out Adrian at the alt punk comp. Um, but it was just more melodic and poetic. And oh, yeah, you know, the Adrian alt punk cool. comp. There was two, <laughs> there was was two epic, volumes. Dude, there was, was two epic. volumes. Yep. This was not on it because those were made in eighth grade. The first one was made in Adrian, eighth do you grade have a track or... list? Can you throw that up on <laughs> Spotify? We'll share that on Twitter. Okay, the Melvins were on there. Girls versus boys were on there. Yeah. Um, the helicopters. Yeah. Maybe the hives. Maybe uh, the hives. Or uh, <laughs> damn. Yeah. I'll have to dig that up. A I, band it's... that's like that band Oleander, but it's not Oleander. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like shoe oh games? Any shoe uh, games it was like yeah, it was it was all punk dude that's like all you need to toad, know <laughs> yeah toad the wet sprocket no it never got that it never got into like the not corny, toad the wet sprocket but it may have been zone. the toadies may have been on there for sure yeah that was if I, could, I think i have it on a spindle oh, somewhere yeah, if I silver could, chair silver chair was on there <laughs> if i could uh if i could rest in peace it. right homeboy died i think oh did he oh man. what he did i think he had an eating disorder oh that's sad yeah um, yeah, I did. that's what that's, that's what you get for having a song that fat shames people, right? <laughs> this shit, that, I guess. Oh yeah, well, maybe that's. Oh yeah, I thought you were gonna say that's what you get for counting only blue cars or whatever. <laughs> 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 You're like, what about the red Jettas? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, to kind of wrap it up, um, yeah, just wrap like that. The, the little. The face on that album 
I stared into that void and it stared right back at me and just kept me. Yeah. Kept me, did you ever do shrooms? Kept me on the hook. No, I might have listened to this album on shrooms at some point, allegedly. Um, <laughs> we'll see. I used to like to do that. Well, but it's better with a record than a CD. Yeah. CD is just annoying to stare at unless yeah, it holds out totally into a poster. Small. Yeah. But a record, I remember you'd like you'd put on a record and then like stare at the album cover. <laughs> it was like, it's it cool. Like a it's a cool way to do shrooms out there. Yeah. You kids. actually get it. Yeah. It's better than watching Donnie Darko. Um, yeah. I allegedly did the first time I did alleged shrooms. Um, anyways, the, the one thing I wanted to leave it out of um, was, I was so into this band in high school that I emailed them once because they had their email contact on the on the line in the oh, yeah. liner notes. And I said I emailed them. I didn't know how to write emails back then because I was 15 <laughs> and didn't know I wasn't like one of those kids could just be like, yeah, I was like a fancy myself a poet or whatever. Uh, so I was like, what's up, guys? Do you guys ever you're from Texas? That's cool. Do you guys ever tour at the drive in? I like them a lot, too. By the way, I play a little bit of bass, and my friend Adrian plays guitar. I, anyways, your guys are really good. I really like this album. Keep it up. And I, n- I never heard back from them. <laughs> hey, can I join your? And uh, can I join your street team? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, what's street your version? Teams. What's your version of the fifth column? Um, <laughs> shout out AFI. Yeah, so that's uh street teams, baby. Do they still have the? I guess it's just like Instagram now, right? Yeah, it's all it's all gone digital. But uh, right. That's what I got for my personal history, and I'll probably touch more back into it because you know, this album was a a big deal for me, and um, still kind of is. So, when we get back, we'll go into how we feel about it now. So uh, stick around for that. So no, keep that energy. Wait, so the guy Conrad Keeley, he is Thai or part Thai? He's half, yeah, half Irish. Oh fuck! That's why. That's why we brought Nat in just for the tie. No, because he really likes this album. He swears. That's so fucking racist. Yeah. Oh fuck, dude. I'm sure you know, he liked MF well, you know who the... too. We could have brought him in on that one. Right. But did you know that Conrad we just anglicized did... his name? His last name used to be something that was Ty, and then he changed it to Keeley. So oh, really? To be more of like a rock star? What? Nobody cares about that in this day and age. The fuck? <laughs> Hey man, don't get mad at me. I don't even see color. I don't even see genres of punk. <laughs> oh, I, don't dude, see, get... I don't even see types of VW compact yeah, I don't vehicles. See, I don't even see Jettas. <laughs> and don't let me get started on Eric Costin. <laughs> oh yeah, that fucker. Famously Ty. Famously Ty. Uh, so, or so yeah, so or his name's Conrad Francis Sabasami. Yeah, oh, that's not even like, to Keely. That wow. sounds like a better name. Why do you get Keely? Where does that come from? Is that like his stepdad or something? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think his mom is Irish or something, but he, he grew up partially in England apparently and then lived in Hawaii. Uh, maybe it's like a broken home situation. Maybe that last name gives him some bad memory yeah or, or maybe we live in a highly racist society and having a hard to pronounce southeast asian last name isn't going to get oh, you very yeah. far unfortunately you know in in a in a yeah, business dominated true. by grumpy white people that's true yeah like probably like growing up to you know first day of class and having the teacher like stop at your name and try to pronounce it like if 
definitely bring on some trauma with their names. So I can see why he changes. Yeah. And, you know, according to this, uh, I'm reading, he relocated to Phnom Penh. <laughs> like, what? Still like lives there in 2013. Oh. He's not even an American citizen. You um, know, Davey Havoc's last name is like Havenschmockishnishmockish. And he changed it to Havoc. Just catch you. I think, I, think it was no, I think they made his grandpa. I think they made his grandpa change that at Ellis Island. So he changes to Havoc. He's like, yeah. My, my, He's like, one day you're going to have a grandson. Yeah. It's going to wreak day. some havoc <laughs> in the East Bay hardcore scene. Like, sure, hey. for Havoc Kavinsky. Yeah. I'm doing you a favor. All right. All right. We're back. <laughs> this is this kind of podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, What's the earwolf? Hit us up. We can talk over each other and just do bits that don't go anywhere with the best of them. Give us a fucking deal. <laughs> the wolf's dead. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, sounds like we all did our homework and listened to this album again, uh, you know, in recent days. So, let's go around the horn and talk about our current reactions to um, this album. And who would like to go first? Uh, Adrian. All right, yeah. Um, so I actually have been listening to this a lot since we uh, decided to do it. I think maybe like, I don't know, seven times, six or seven times at this point in the past week. Honestly, much like last week's album, Mad Villainy, this is one where I, I've that last track ends, that little, you know, orchestral kind of bit plays. And then I'm like, I want to fucking, I want to put it on again. Yeah. Uh, so and I we did might that get earlier. a similar runtime out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. one this one might be XL. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, I you know, I listening to it now, I feel it still holds up. It's been as I mentioned earlier, it's been part of my rotation ever since those, you know, ever since 2002 essentially. Um but having listened to it like numerous times and sometimes back to back like it still has the same impact and the same kind of feeling of like immediacy and, and just the kind of visceral sort of, it pulls you in. And I think that that's one of the things that keeps me coming back to this record. Um, for some reason, I think as you get older, I think records like this uh, just slip away. You know, I don't know if it's because they're too loud or they're too whatever, they're just stuff like this tends to fall into the wayside for, you know, I don't know, whatever you happen to be into now, you know, whether it's like jazz or dad rock or whatever the fuck it is. Um, but this one, you know, it's it just so, it's just so itself and so impactful that I think listening to it now, all of those same kind of feelings come back all of that same kind of like excitement of like, adrenaline of like getting juiced by this record comes back um but also on the other hand also a lot of those emotions of like you know of being sad and being melancholy comes back and i think all of that is on the record present on the record 
you know, there's anger, there is melancholy, there is, you know, and there's hope too. And I think that's also another part of it is that even though he's, he, it's heavy at times, there's also hopeful aspects and the sound is, you know, that, that loud, quiet, loud dynamic kind of in crescendos and stuff build, build this kind of thing where it, it is, you know, it does feel hopeful, even just in the music, even though it is a lot loud and, you know, noisy and, and, and dense. So listening to it now, you know, I, it, it works on, on two levels. It works on the level of nostalgia of being reminded of the past of, you know, in both happy and sad ways, you know? Um, but also it works on just like, as just an, a super good record I'm listening to it now, details emerge that I may have missed when I was younger. Um, you know, the bass is super active on this. And I, back then I was all guitar because I'm a guitar player. So I was, guitar, guys, guitar, guy. um, so we, I was, we need to you fundraise know. to get a soundboard too. uh, hit us up on Indiegogo. <laughs> we have to do our own soundboard drops. Yeah. We get $150,000 to produce this podcast. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Interscope it is up. Um, so yeah, the like super active bass is something that, that I, I think I had, you know, definitely admired back in the day, but in these recent listens, I'm like, damn, that bassist fucking kills it. And in combination with the drummer who I think is big, on the record, big Vern Rumsey fucking energy too, for sure. It's yeah. just like, it's super dynamic. It's super, uh, it's, it, you know, it's not, it's there. He zigs when he, when you, you expect him to zag like he he does things uh that are really interesting the drummer i mean that are not necessarily you know it's not just all fills and whatever other things you, you expect from heavy music um which is you know when you combine that with the the kind of interplay of the guitars the you know the intricate guitar lines and uh as well as like the the intricate vocals where sometimes they're kind of you know, call and response almost where one, one dude is saying one thing and then the other dude will follow it up with something with like the response. Um, so stuff like that just really pops out now. Whereas in the past I was kind of more, you know, it kind of all melded together into this really big emotional piece, but now I, all these little details, you know, come out in the, in the repeat listens. And it's, it's, it's a record that there's a lot of shades to a lot of, you know, you can get lost in, one thing that I, I one thing to end here is that that I, I thought of is when you're listening to this record, it kind of engulfs you in it. Like it's like a hurricane, right? But there's these moments where it puts you in the eye of the hurricane. So there's some clarity. And I think that's mm. super effective to um, not just like emotionally, but like just on a songwriting level, like it hits those those, you know, whatever in your brain that that likes to be surprised or likes to be, you know, whatever it, it, it hits all those little buttons it, you know, the, all the dopamine receptors and it gets you going. And I think that, you know, I, for me, I, I want to dive into that hurricane. I want to, I want to let it swallow me up because it's just so, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's almost a romantic record in the sense that it's just, it, it really envelops you and it really sucks you in at least me. And, you know, it continues to do that even after whatever hundreds of listens at this point. Nice. Yeah, dude. Right on, man. Um, That's well put. Yeah. Adrian, why don't you uh, popcorn it to somebody else since we're, you know, think of our high school days. <laughs> Full popcorn um, rating. 
yeah how about uh how about noah let's hear what your thoughts are on it since you didn't have too much to say during your personal history yeah you cold heartless son of a (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I, like forgot about this album so it was kind of surprising to hear it because it is just like a super well produced album like it has one sound like every song flow together and i think that's what adrian like what you're saying when it's over you're like oh shit i'll listen to this again because it's kind of long at 45 minutes 47 minutes or whatever but it really goes by fast because it's like each song really lends itself to the next track there's not too much dicking around but there kind of is but there's an immediacy to it i think this is like a drummer's album man this the drums on this thing fucking are badass they sound like like bill ward like black sabbath drums dude they're like it's like it's like jazz drums or something it's like yeah uh, you hear like the like the burst beats and stuff that's like uh hurley Hurley. kind of style yeah it's like uh minutemen yeah hurley type drum like it's real prowess of the drummer yeah that like phil that he does like you don't really that you know that just that yeah that he does like throughout the whole album like yeah. You don't really hear that too. Like that is somehow something that's super simple, but yet you know. Yeah, yeah, like, it's kind of a like lost, uh, lost art, pretty much. Yeah, totally. As we've been talking, just kind of off the top of my head, I would say, as we've been talking here, I would say, post rock is the carcass, and these crass young lads caterwauling and clutching their uh, cacophonous weapons of wizardry are the vultures picking clean the bones of broken bands that blazed the path before them. And lo, you shall know them for their trail of dead. No, are you doing Dilaudid again? <laughs> no, it's Ben's dream. Well, I, oh, that was kind of slower. Wait, I, I should do it faster. No, it yeah. wasn't all, it wasn't all literations too. You like each, each little couplet was a little young lads an and clutching the cat. Coughing his weapons of wisdom. Now you just sound like Ryan Schreiber picking clean the bones of the broken bands. Doing black voice. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that? I don't have my glasses on. Is that? Uh, is that Charlie Baudelaire over there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shaw there. I am a. Uh, he, was, uh, he was a part of the decadence movement, actually, and uh, he hmm. most of his poems, if you read Baudelaire. Are about getting drunk, so <laughs> I can relate yeah, I would, to that. Guy. I would say this is a pretty decadent album in, 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 yeah. in its own way. Yeah. Well, it's so not to get too fucking intellectual on like a rock and roll album, but Baudelaire. It's funny that they reference him because he is he's kind of the bridge. He was kind of he was what's considered like the damned poets of 19th century uh, France, and they kind of bridge the gap from uh, romanticism to realism that that's the 20th century uh, poem. So I think it does have a romanticism and a very direct realism on this album. So I think Baudelaire is actually a pretty good touchdown for this album. Um, Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, I really like this album. And at first blush, I remember I texted adrian and caleb and i was like is this fucking screamo i don't remember it being so close to like like screamo type shit like it's very it it walks that line very finely but i think the musicianship is just so 
great and the production is so great on this album and uh i listened to it like five six times it's a great headphone album uh just because it's very layered and i think the dude's voice it, it it reminded me of so many other singers and stuff like at one point it almost sounds like he's doing like an oasis voice but like it's like if Oasis was more influenced by Led Zeppelin than they were, is Oasis they were the Beatles. Jingly vibes on this a little bit. Yeah, too. but it's like That's Oasis. Not, yeah, it's Oasis doing Led Zeppelin rather than like the Beatles. Like, mm. um, but then it's like there's like '90s rock vibe on here, like, like kind of like Soundgarden a little bit at times. Yeah, guitar rock. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just think that every listen that I gave it this week, I liked it more and more as I went. And uh, it was kind of a shame that I forgot about it for like 10, 15 years, because I think it's a good album. And like a lot of, I remember we were talked in the past episodes, some of these two thousands albums where we're like, if we were all hanging out together, getting drunk, like on a late night, would we put this album on? And with the case of source tags and codes, I think it's definitely like chilling with your old homies. Like, Oh yeah. Put on that, get that vibe, like kind of nostalgia vibe and rock out. What, what it goes though. It's when the group size dwindles from like 12 to four. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you, like, could, you could do with the four homies, like the four homies. You're like, Hey, yeah. we can this trust to put it on. Or it could go the other way and be a, what, what, or be very useful for this purpose and be like a fucking a little garage thinner. It's like, hey, oh, oh, this is where this is going. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna head out actually. Um yeah. this it's one's for like... the uh this one's for the second winders, you know? Second yeah, winders, yeah, it's for the sad boys, like, second winders. The bag. Yeah. Uh, but Kev, it's kinda like it reminded me like how when we have like Thanksgiving over at my house, me and Kiki's house. And it'll it'll be like the dance party. We're listening to like, you know, like funk and all this shit. Yeah. But then at the end of the night, it just devolves into like, put on like built to spill. Yeah. <laughs> like, or then somebody puts like the weight on eventually. Yeah. And then we're all just like, nobody can like, lure it off, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nobody can hang on to their drinks. It's just, right, a, right. it's like a puddle of spilt beer and all this shit. Yeah. So it gave me like that late night vibe, you know? It's like, totally, totally. And it's also, I think, good, yeah, like driving music, put this on on a road trip. Um, so yeah, I was pleasantly surprised, and I re- it was very familiar to me. Like it all flooded back. I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember all these songs and licks and stuff." So, yeah, yeah, that's sorry not to jump in here, but that, no, go that's ahead. What, that was my that's reaction. one thing. That was one thing I also noticed is that um, it it like it's like yeah it's it it's just like anything that you really love and you listen to a lot. Like, but it, this one, for whatever reason, it feels more so where, yeah, every little detail, every little nuance kind of comes back as you're listening to it. And it's, isn't it, again, as I was saying, it doesn't really lose power as you, you know, with every list, every listen, it still keeps those, you know, the mystery and the, and the kind of, uh, you know, the allure alive. I know who you're going to popcorn this to. Oh, who's left? Well, let's save our guests for last, and let's do Caleb. Yeah, um, very. Yeah, this. I mean, I didn't listen. The last time I actually listened to this album was with was with Nat in Athens, Georgia, um, in an Airbnb, and some tequila and American spirits might have been involved. 
Um, but anyways, so that's the last time I listened to it. And I, you know, I was nervous to listen to this album because it was so important to me and it was yeah. so like singular to my experience. And I didn't really know what it, how it had aged or like how, what the conversation around it was since it got the 10.0 thing from Pitchfork or whatever, you know, like, I don't know what, like the, there's not a lot of lore and life kind of back in this album. So, but that kind of preserves it in a way that you know it you don't lose your your energy around it um your innocence around it but anyway so um yeah so i put it on um you know the other day might have been exercising or something and um it just it like how the album starts and how that first song starts and you have like those bursty drums and just that really just overwhelming rolling guitar and in that moment, like just the whole memory of this album came back. That's such like a fucking fitting opening track. And it just like it just brought it all back, you know, and it it was really good to listen to it again. You know, it had this it sounds a lot more eclectic than I remember. I remember it kind of as this singular, powerful thing. But then like when you kind of hear it now and you, you know, you and you know when you're 15 you don't know shit about music you don't know shit about how influences work you like your your reservoir of things to draw on like this band sounds like this band or whatever is so is so shallow but like hearing it now you realize it's like oh these guys were drawing on from so much it's like so eclectic you know you had like you know the post-hardcore thing in it it didn't but it also kind of had the you know the more um you know anthemic indie rock things like you know you're built as bills or whatever and and then like no you're saying like the oasis vibes and it's a little jangly pop and you know and then and then also it's like the the just the epicness the epicness of its approach you know it, it's almost like i don't know kind of like fellow austin bands explosions in the sky at times and they had these like instrumental melodic passages and things da, 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 and then, da, da, clear hearts open yeah eyes, clear eyes full hearts can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, texas forever shout out Shout out Odessa Permian. Um, Lila, Dylan, Dylan Tiger. Forever. <laughs> Shout out Tammy Taylor. Call me. Um, and uh, yeah, so then yeah. you you start to you start to appreciate it for like how varied it is as an album, but also how you know it is it is of a piece and it is of one thing. And it's very confident and is very well conceived. And um, it's yeah, and there's something baroque and ornate about it too. Other than just playing really driving guitar-based music, there's something more expansive about it, and something that's trying to like kind of get to another like echelon, kind of trying to reach the an ecstatic kind of state. And um, and a lot of that's played out through its kind of wall of sound approach with the production and its use of loud, quiet dynamics and things. So I mean, that's like. And then you start to realize like, oh, that's that's why I responded to it so strongly from an emotional level at so young, because it's like it was in a way it was in a good way manipulating me <laughs> based on all those things of like kind of overwhelming me and, you know, putting it, you know, in a place. But so that's kind of the intellectual exercise that I was going through and listening to it. But then it's also like it's as lush as it is and as dense as it is. It's very immediate, too. It's like there's a lot of directness to it. You know, it's very rocking it puts the rock in indie rock you know there's like a lot of just puts the w or the aw in rock 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so it has a sense of urgency and a sense of getting to the point. And um, it, it could also be really snotty at times. Like, like Adrian, you were talking about the kind of unwound part of it, you know, how they were influenced by unwound and like, you listen to unwound and unwound's like one of those bands that is like rooted in punk, but it's like, how can we just make really dynamic punk rock that's just like emotionally yeah. heightened and when did unwound break up like what was there like 1998 or something right or 2000 uh, or something they made it to the early 2000s i think the yeah. last record was like oh three and they i feel like if they would have made one more record they would have like blown up could have broke been, them yeah. and they would have been broke and in the conversation of like 2010 bands like i think they've forgotten because they're their window was kind of shut before, before like people started name checking, like you know, before people cited them as an influence or something. I don't know. Yeah, no. they, I'm sure they started other bands, so whatever. Yeah, totally. I think that's but, always like. Oh, sorry. Um, no, I also think on. that's always like that's like the like the same with Archers of Loaf, like Iggy Metal. Too. Totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. And you hear like, Archers very, of Loaf like, on this album on as this, well, right? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, um, and then like cap and jazz and that kind of similar, um, right. kind of like you know what people lump into like Midwestern emo or whatever, but it's really not that at all. Um, yeah. So you and th and then yeah, and then you can hear that just like the snarly kind of like high energy art punk that was like of that time of like you know like hot snakes or murder city devils girls make graves those kind of pretty girls make graves like those kinds of bands you can hear that in the dna of this too or they just want to get a little bit more feral and go for it and then but then it just like pivots back to more contemplative romantic shit and it just like it just keeps you captivated based on that and it's just this like intellectual emotional roller coaster um and it's just like really good to listen to and there's like no you're saying it's just like trim there's no dead weight there's no cringe to it and um but having said all that like it sounded aged to me in the respect of but in a charming way you know it sounded like i was listening to it again and it put me in this weird liminal space where it's like i'm not quite hearing it as my 34 year old self and, and then i'm not quite hearing it as my 15 16 year old self too it's but it's like so I had this ageless quality to it, but then that also, I'll be completely honest, got me feeling like really, really sad. Like, it, like, cause then you think of like, you know, I heard this through my brother who I've lost. I've heard this through friends. I'm no longer in constant contact with, you know, kind of like I was not a happy person when I was 15. So it like kind of like takes you back there a little bit and like you're kind of lost of aspirations and innocence. And so, Ultimately, I listened to it about five or six times and kept like re-listening to it, tried to get other people to listen to it this week. And it was like ultimately like a very fruitful exercise for me. Sounds really like someone's getting a A Y W K U B T T O T D tattoo. K <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean it yeah, it kind of it took me back to just all the complicated feelings of being the age where I heard it combined with all the complicated feelings and shit I got to deal with now. And ultimately though, then that, but then you listen to it and you're like, Oh, that's what music does though. Music transports you. 
music yeah. like con- makes you confront all those things and music makes you have to work through all those things and any art especially music challenges you to do that and this album did that for me all over again and yeah and i just you know is really kind of the most emotional time i've had um with any of the albums that we've covered and stuff and um yeah most most emotional and challenging but it was a challenge that i am really really fucking glad i did and um yeah that was really a yeah kev i would say because it was a good bad time i guess is what i'm gonna say i think the musicianship holds up with the emotion of the band a lot of times you listen to stuff you liked when you're younger and it's like you can feel the the band being emotional and you used yeah. to connect to their equal emotion. It, you, there's like a symbiosis there. But then when you go back and listen to it, you realize the it's kind of hollow because the musicianship isn't really there. And you're like, oh, I've outgrown this. Dude, but so this, I, I think there's I, layers. I, I tried to listen to, to this album. Yeah, exactly. So I was I w- went back and I tried to listen to like early whatever, like post hardcore stuff. And it's like this is the best this band could have done. So it's like, you appreciate their approach and like the emotional, the having the heart on its sleeve piece of it, you know, but then you listen at like, Oh, what was backing that up just doesn't have that resonance. But this album, like the way they approach the production and all the dynamics and all those things that, yeah, it just, it stays solid, you know, and it stayed, it stayed as impactful as it did the time I listened to it, you know? way back in the day so yeah yeah i totally i totally agree with that so let's uh ping pong it over to guest of honor nat say the best for last oh man i gotta follow that up okay <laughs> well <laughs> well um yeah i, I mean intro or something I... introducing <laughs> Introducing for the first time all the way from Atlanta, Hoja, Nat. A- ATL, ho. That's what, they, that's what they say. That's what they say around here from what they told me. Are they telling you that because you know you're from California? Like, yeah, we're going to tell this dude. Like, no, no, people call it Hotlanta. Call it Hotlanta everywhere you go. People call it Hotlanta. Don't anyone tell you they don't. No, like when you get to the airport, it just says, don't no one calls it hot Lana. You're welcome. We'll just find out there. <laughs> Anyways, all cheap. the way from hot Lana. <laughs> from Santa to Atlanta. No one called baby. It from Santa to Atlanta, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, this you know, album has never left that rotation. You know. It's it's definitely it's like one of the very few albums that are like very like listenable from like front to back and um like the opening track and the closing track are just you know like a chef's kiss of you know how to to, like to open an album and how to close it and uh and like Noah mentioned too yeah it's pretty much like a drummer's album because that drum just sounds so nice on that album is just it's it's loud but it's not like 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 front and like center where it's kind of just like distracting because uh it does fit into that like like wall of sound that they produce uh yeah, totally and it's also like like i could air drum like to this album like front to back easily so much air drums on this try not to brag yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Hey, now you got to start an air band with the uh, cubby. You'll, <laughs> oh, do, yeah. you'll do this album, oh, cool, or the yeah. NERD album. Yeah, do a little rhythm section air, air oh, band. No. Yeah, and then like we'll constantly just like look at each other, like, all right. And then you'll you start like, the, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then you'll start the world's first air <laughs> instrument playing podcast. I play eight, and it won't make sitar. any more sense. <laughs> Go off track. Have you heard about that? That one hardcore band that just does like they do like like acapella hardcore, where like where like they just do like they just do oh like, yeah. Yes, I have heard that. Were they called Shark Punch <laughs> or something? Shark no, they're called like oh Jun Jun. Jun Jun. Jun Jun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they did like oh, uh, Sergeant Pepper's album and all that. Yeah, <laughs> or no, they they Wait, mashed up Sergeant Pepper's with Masters of Puppets or something. It's like Sergeant right. Puppets or something. Can't remember. <laughs> or no, it's the White Album, Black Album, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> it was uh, the Lincoln Park and Jay Z. Yeah. Lab oh, also heard on the, in the first scene of Michael Mann's. Uh, Miami Vice, check it out. That song what debuts song? the Lincoln Park and um, Jay Z uh-huh. jammer. All right. Oh no, I don't want to do it. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, so anyway, lab. Yeah, so the last time that you were in, or like the only time that you were in, like Athens, like when I was here, I do remember that day where we pretty much woke up and like me being a drink bully i was like fast track <laughs> so for people who don't know fast track is i wouldn't like recommend it to to all your listeners the i don't think it's pretty good you already did it's not the good. voicemail episode one baby oh yeah that's <laughs> right that's my thing I, need, I really need to stop doing that because it does i think it fucks up your stomach but it, yeah but anyways but uh yeah um i remember we hit it we hit the sauce pretty hard from like the beginning and we needed like a second win. So we went back to the Airbnb, you know, just dressed up a little bit. And then before we headed out, I, I felt like this album kind of just like brought us back to life. Kind of. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Cause we needed well, something kinda, to like, kind of like chill out to, but also like sing along to and like keep us like engaged. Right. Yeah. Right. I actually be curious, like what like Jen thought of us. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, Jen, send us an email, wackerslaps.org. All right. We got no, Wifey's talk. email. Wifey's email. Let us know how you really feel. We dox our wives and read all the emails. <laughs> you got mail. <laughs> you know, you, but, you know, there's a, a Trump husband out there trump supporter husband that told his wife like show me the emails like your yeah. email yeah. <laughs> what are emails oh no hey guys you're the guest here nat go ahead so uh, i mean so just listen to this now uh it still hits in all the right places and then also it, it does kind of make it kind of like brings out that angst that you, that angsty kid that you still have. I don't know if that's called anxiety nowadays when you're like an adult, but 
I went from angst to anxiety. Welcome to your thirties. I think that's what Drake's new album, Angst to Anxiety. This is thirty-five colon. Angst to anxiety. Angst to anxiety. You only live once, and stresses me the fuck out. Oh, actually, really good. And yeah, just to circle back to Noah too, it's a good headphone album. You know, like something that I've been doing is uh, every like like Friday or so, since you know, there's I'm, like I'm not going out to the bars here, of course, fuck that. But uh, I would just kind of pick like two albums at least to listen to, and just kind of like turn off the lights and just like like put on headphones. You know, like I don't want to sound this audio file kind of like you gotta listen to it on your headphones dude but uh <laughs> it's i mean you guys should do that if you guys have actually have time to just lay down and listen to the album like on the headphone all all like, six I mean, times i listened to it i was i did it on headphones and i'm like really oh, yeah. glad i did yeah i did one stereo but it begs for you to crank it and yeah again, oh, totally and again, I heard my apartment neighbor like opening their door to walk the dog. Just like, ooh, <laughs> it's like a twelve thirty in the afternoon. Like a dude in his mid thirties cranking the shit out of this. I gotta turn this down. <laughs> He's like, like, huh? Have I been transported back? Yeah. yeah. Or he'd be like, am I transported back to MTV Two era, early two thousands? Uh, but uh, the golden era, as uh, I and like then to your call neighbor's it. like, is the like, era. is that Trail of Dead? And you're like, no, it's not. It's and, uh, and you will know us by the Trail of the Dead. It's Iwaku <laughs> Batad. Uh, and just for clarity, there's no the. It's and you'll know us by the Trail of Dead. Come on now. Oh, I always. Oh like no, yeah. I like to stretch it out. I like to put my own spin on it. All right, should we get into it? Oh, Caleb. Yeah, Nat. Nat, did you? Nat, was that a? Did you have anything else? Oh, uh, so I mean, well, anything was say. I mean, uh, if you, I mean, if you, I, I'm not sure who listens to lyrics nowadays, but there are times where like, uh, there is some corny lyrics, you know. Uh, of course. <laughs> yeah. So you could, um, yeah, you yeah. Know, clunk- so you, clunkers. That you that that you like uh, that you kind of um, could like like understand because like usually like when I listen to music I don't really just pinpoint on lyrics yeah and people who who do are probably people that say that they're poets which is I think poetry is (laughs) yeah it's like I don't trust big Leonard Cohen fans anyone's like Leonard Cohen's no yeah I'm just like okay yeah now we've <laughs> I guess, had this, I mean, that's, that's a choice now we've had this lyric discussion before on this yeah podcast. i remember that and uh, yeah as you get older you care less about lyrics i think because you realize it's mostly young people making music and it's like what the <laughs> fuck do they know yeah they know oh, no, I, and then when you yeah. listen to and especially like, when you listen to this album the dude's like i'm a stoner with a boner my, well, when you listen, oh, my my printer's out of toner. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> when you listen to what are you when, talking when, about? When you listen, but when you listen to music that's not in English, which I do like more and more, it's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck what they're talking about. It just sounds like I could feel the 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 passion, like right. 
Yeah, you can get the emotion other ways besides the lyrics. I, yeah, for me, I've always been that way. Just I don't know if it's because I played started playing guitar when I was young and then just always focused on that. But yeah, the, <laughs> it's a little cringe reading some of these lyrics. I don't know. Some of them still hit in, but, in a way, but, but you know, we'll, the delivery of of it all too. So like, when you get bad lyrics with like a delivery that's like tries to be so intentional, it's like I yes. want you to fucking. <laughs> hear what uh, i have to say and then what they have the to say is is bad and cringy that's the worst at least with this the guy had the self-awareness to be like well, yeah okay, i'm gonna kind of deliver close. it yeah it comes close but it never gets to that you know to uh, that. yeah i got some wax i got some wax. <laughs> all right well, let's well go, yeah yeah i'll go with yeah. that there too but uh, i mean I, I guess just wrap it up i mean i i think adrian and caleb you pretty much kind of conveyed you know, everything that I feel about this album too. Uh, I mean, listening to it now, still this day, it, like you're right, it does kind of make you sad at some point just because it does bring back that weird, angsty trauma. And you will know your that, teenage years. Trail of tears. Yo, shout out. Shout out <laughs> oh, my favorite rapper. No. My favorite rapper. He's oh, Trail of Tears. Out of Memphis. Mind. His name is Angsty Trauma. He loves, <laughs> he's hot right now. <laughs> I'm gonna take that. Yeah, I'm the, if, if you don't mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, out of Atlanta, young Angsty Trauma. You know where that live. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. Cool. I mean, yeah, we've uh, shared a lot. We've left a lot on the table. So let's let's give everyone a little break right now, and then when we come back. We're going to talk about our slappers and our whackers, our bops and our flops. Welcome back. Uh, let's go into our uh, our slaps, our favorites from this album. And um, yeah, I think we all have a lot to say about this album. So we're going to do it popcorn style again. So we'll each go around and then you send do, it to the next person. Or Caleb, do we all have the same slapper? I think. There's a universal slapper, right? The, yeah. The song number boy. one, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have it, but let's talk about oh, okay. it. Let's, that's a good, no, that's, 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 that's fucking well, solid. I thought, I thought we all three had out of four ain't bad. Yeah. 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 Let's, no, hear, let's hear it. It's not that I don't think that song is an absolute fucking banger and just sets the tone. It's just, I don't have room. On my let's own, just but. hear that one as like a collective slapper. Yeah. Let's try it. All off. right, here. Here is it was there that I saw you. There. Something in the way. <laughs> you should have a sing song part. <laughs> and you will know us by the trail of dead. And you, you said know us by the trail of death. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> and you and you. All right, let's get to some meaty parts. That was kind of a bad part to jump into. <laughs> 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 you have a time to do bits. Yeah. <laughs> More of the same. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And you will know us. Open this fucking pit. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
That drum roll, baby. Yeah, there it was. What rudiment is that, Nat? I don't know. I'm I'm fucking <laughs> hardcore, baby. Do you guys hear? Do you guys hear what I'm talking about with those Oasis kind of vocal? Yeah, yeah, tone? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop I mean, definitely wrong. Yeah, that's, and that's not a bad and thing too. Supernova. Yeah, Oasis I think like is good, Oasis dude. is great. Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking wonderful. I think the Austin bands kind of took over the Brit rock because, like Spoon. Had like some call, Oasis shit That's too. That's like a fucking pretty Come solid off. theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, Mike McCarthy produced well, like he produced uh, a good chunk of like, a good chunk of like Spoon's like catalog. Yeah, that's right. Good call. Yeah. All right. Anyone else have a uh, a slapper? Obviously, that one opens the record. Right, before we move on, did anyone have any uh, any uh, thoughts on that one? I mean, I, oh, yeah, go ahead, for, Caleb. Go, go. Oh, just for an opening track, just like it's like it's it's really good. You got like the weird kind of noisy part, and then you just have that little breakdown, and then it just goes back into just this super static just yeah. thing. And it's like it's I love I don't know, the, it's a microcosm of what the album has to offer from the get-go. And that's like that's that's what you want in an intro song, honestly, you know. Yeah, Adrian, you were right. playing that when we that middle section where it's kind of jammy. Yeah, I like that posty. middle section. It's cool. Yeah. It's like kind of proggy. I just have one of those stupid made a baby analogies for this this song. If you guys want to hear it, sure. Yeah, I put it's like if Sonic Youth had a baby with Built to Spill while while AFI played in the background or something. <laughs> Which AFI though? Huh? <laughs> which which era of AFI? Uh probably the uh black sails and the sunset. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Or yeah. Morning Star. Is that on Morning Star? Is that I one? I think Morning Star might be on there, yeah. Yeah, that I can see that. Yeah, like that the secret. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, nah, the made of baby stuff is always fucking entertaining. Don't ever <laughs> It's so packed. Play that down. Yeah, Yeah, it's useful. It's useful. It's super useful, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, as an intro song goes, fucking wonderful. So um, I'll jump in, dude. I got I got some slappers. I need to I need to fucking talk about. Um, Yeah, hit us. One that is, I might have some crossover with the rest of us. I'll just get out of the way, and so give you guys a time, a chance to chime in. If this is on your list, is the relative ways, um, which was a single yeah. on this album. There's, on a video. There's a video for it. Um, the song just fucking rocks, and it has like big Sonic Youth energy. Yeah, very um, Sonic um, Youth. You know, but it also comes at a time of the album where it, it was a little more downtrodden, a little more on the kind of contemplative side, and it yeah. kind of brings it back up and it adds this kind of poppy element to it. and uh but and then within that it creates this space to be to kind of go back to be more contemplative and darker and a little more sprawling and if you know even kind of jammy and there's um, a we were just lucky to have this as a like a rock single in 2002 and something you can maybe stumble across yeah there's a mtv caleb you mentioned sonic youth 
I just wanted to highlight there's a lyric where it's like so Sonic Youth. Yeah, he, he says, electric guitar hanging down to my knees. And it's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thirsty yeah, more totally. called. He wants his diary yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> How many but, inches do you think uh Thurston Moore has on Conrad Keeley? Oh, oh. <laughs> probably like 16 inches or something crazy. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, let's hear a little little piece of Thurston Moore's guitar hangs at least like five feet down from his neck, right? So if he wants it to hang to his (laughs) knees, he has to use two guitar straps. Yeah, his torso (laughs) is eight feet. I've seen I've seen Thurston Moore solo live. That dude's six six. He is a fucking monster. Yeah, if you uh, have you guys read Kim Gordon's book, Girl in the Band? Yeah. No, I have not. <laughs> Girl, all right. Uh, no, no, it's no, called, right? Uh, That's the name of the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know Girl who Kim Gordon Never is. <laughs> no, it's... oh, he, he, he thought that was a question. That oh, <laughs> yeah. the, the girl in the van. We always got canceled there for a second. Um, no, but if you read that Doyle book, uh... in a band. <laughs> if you read that book, I think uh, it'll paint a new light about him, and it's not good. Oh, I heard. Yeah. Her, uh, yeah. Oh, about his height? He wears lifts? <laughs> yes, that's that's his big secret. He's actually I five mean, foot dude. three. What I mean, it? like, and he was he was a like a big asshole to like fucking like Nardwar. Oh, yeah. One of his, like, uh, yeah. Him and Lee were assholes in that. Yeah, it's really, like a classic yeah. one. Yeah. Right. Oh, man, they like uh, bullied him. Uh, they didn't know how good they had, dude. Nardwar's been out of commission. You guys really don't do some shit right uh, now. And they had to disrespect them. Yeah. Hang in there, buddy. All right, uh, relative ways. Yeah, let's hear some relative ways. Hell yeah. So it's that jaunty little beat. And just the fucking... riot vibes. Yeah, oh, totally. Sure. Totally kind of like there's a when the early part... second era. Um, yeah. when the song gets heavier towards the end, it reminds me. Yeah. Of the... I don't know. Should we hear the end or the, the heavier part? I mean, like, I love how he like actually like screams like the second verse. Yeah. Or yeah. The... Kinda, yeah. It gave me like grade vibes. This is the time yeah. in my life. My life. <laughs> Where everything another another like two AM jam <laughs> dancing around with like yep. four dudes. I would say time. Noah that you need to listen to more hardcore to have a, a, a like a wider like range of references, but also that would be highly disappointing because <laughs> all the analogies you draw are fucking spot on and hilarious. So you don't think I listen to fucking hardcore? No, I'm just uh, you uh, hot cool. You know, you listen hot cool. Uh, no, that's not a condescending. I met of like the. Nah, I uh, know what you mean. You know I what I mean? Like spend the nineties with this trash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the stuff that you do have experience with, it comes up a lot. But it still fucking works. It still makes sense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you all mean. Right. I'm just joking. Well, here's here's a little bit uh, of towards the end of relative ways. 
Hell yeah. All right, great. Yeah. Which one you? Oh, sorry, buddy. No, I was yeah. gonna say I it, listening to that song. Like uh, maybe those those two bits were not necessarily the most. Um, I don't know the most uh, telling snippets, but I I can see when you listen to the song, you can definitely see why they chose it to be the EP, like totally. the lead off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it totally makes sense as well as as being their first single. That's just that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, no, definitely. It's also, it's also like. Um, so when MTV2 had all those commercials promoting 120 minutes, I can kind of like remember that th- they play snippets of this song, and then like they're like, and they had this like robotic like voice going like, and you will know if I tell dead, and then they play the song, and then right after that they would play uh, like the flaming lips, like do you realize? And oh, those yeah. two. Uh, I think those two songs came out at the same time too. That's about right. Like correct that, timeline was up three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this was pretty much on that MTV like commercial like rotation. Just. But. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 100%. What's another slapper? Who's next? All right. Who? Uh, yeah. Who wants? Which one do you? I'll throw one in. I guess. Yeah, Nat. Throw your hat in the race. I'll throw in a. Um. How Throw your fitted uh, A's cap in, in <laughs> to the race. That's right. A's are back, baby. Four in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, how near, how far? I mean. Yeah. Yep. This one was definitely. Office, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think we, I think we're all kind of like aligned with that, right? I didn't have that, but that's like a low key slap. I didn't have me. that either because I think that no. song's very self explanatory in a way. And like, you, I don't know. For me, like, I don't need his, to go any deeper into that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. His voice, his voice sounds like Murder City Devils kind of on this vibe yeah. on this song. Shout Spencer. And I had in my notes, I was like, are Murder City Devils good? Like, I've seen them <laughs> like twice and owned a couple of their albums, but I'm like, I don't know. They're just like, rock and roll do i need more <laughs> rock and roll <laughs> i don't know are they good i mean i yeah. will recommend they, something yes? you determine this one of the worst movies i've ever seen is this movie called the edge of quarrel i saw that and it, it, so if you guys are familiar for all the listeners out there it's a movie about uh this the the in scene battles in seattle in the late 90s between the hardcore kids and the punk rock kids so basically the hardcore kids are all straight edge and then they fight like the punk rockers who are all party dudes and the guys from murder city devils and like the guys from like whatever fucking trial or whatever whatever like nominal uh seattle hardcore bands are all in it so it's a bunch of basically like musicians trying to act and make a movie on like vhs is one of the worst things i've ever seen it's called the edge of coral and the murder city devils figure into it prominently yeah i think that was and on Pitchfork tv i was yeah exactly and i was kind of uh oh shout out Pitchfork tv it's been a while with that <laughs> um, so i was kind of i was kind of edged i was on the edge with that band and uh, the edge of coral made me realize I don't need to spend any more time with the Mercy Hills. They kind of made that decision for uh, me. Let's listen know. to this song. Horrible amateurish film. <laughs> well, on that note, um, I, but, but I also did have this on my track highlights. I think it's, 
uh, when people, you know, if people know this record, this is definitely one of the songs I think that that most people would say is a is a highlight. But I get what you guys are saying. Yeah. Uh, and here's a little bit of how near how far. Air drum alert. I love those little breakdown parts like that. Yeah, where they will totally. go into like yeah. one little riff, and then it'll kind of all they'll all come in. Uh, yeah, yeah. that really really hits. Nice. But then it sounds yeah. like the song starts over too, like again, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Like just kind of totally. just stops. And then, but that's awesome because like, oh, I get the song for a second time. So I can. Well, they yeah, pull that trick a couple much. times, and it surprisingly mm-hmm. works like really well both times. Like, it's that's it's a, a classic post rock. Uh, yeah oh yeah rock little uh that's yeah and that's kind of like where they're throwing the post rock thing into into the mix who's got a slapper adrian you haven't offered a solo one yet yeah so we've already mentioned a couple of mine uh well, all right. We we talked about this earlier when I, I mentioned it in the up front in the history or the uh, the background, but uh, another morning stoner has always been a song that I really list. loved. Mm-hmm. It's um, it, for me, I don't know. I went to hell yeah. yeah. I think um, for me, like especially like when I was younger, and again, somebody just, who chronically has morning wood and wakes in bed. <laughs> Just both true facts, but um, um, as a young as a younger man, uh, as a teenager, listening to this, like immediately the two guitar kind of the dueling guitar lines drew yeah. me in. Um, but as an older man now, and still into guitar, like it's still great. But <clears throat> there's just something about the textures on this song, the way that the interplay of the two guitars, the interplay between the other instruments that just, it's really satisfying. And, and is it there, comes, go ahead. If I'm not mistaken. There's accordion on this song. Oh, to, at the end. Um, yeah. So two two weeks in, the, in a row. Um, the fade out. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. Shout out accordion. Shout out accordion. Accordion gang. Um, But yeah, so I think, especially coming after like it's kind of um you can probably extend it to like the first three or four songs but i think this one two punch of it was there that i saw you going into another morning stoner especially it's kind since of like do. a second intro song too it kind yes. of works like that too like i don't know how that works but yeah th- i feel like this song was i have it on my list as well this is like a clinic in dynamics like when yes. you're when you're like a little kid like and you know like and you're like taking guitar lessons and they're telling you about how like not everything needs to be this just like monotextual thing you know like here's how you here's how you can create peaks and valleys in a song and i feel like this song is like one of the first songs i responded to of like oh this is like kind of you know topographically all over the place and that's cool for sure let's hear this bad boy I'm going to start it from the beginning because I think this intro is just really, uh, really great. Absolutely. Yeah. Turn me up in the headphones. (laughs) Swing. There it is. 
Oh, like swing. <laughs> All right, let's get a little bit deeper into this. Song. Little jazzy drums. Oh, yeah. like a little tortoise. That could be on like a tortoise record right there. So well, you let's bought get, that, Noah. Dude, that record fucking rips. I've been <laughs> listening to yes. that. It's so long. It's like two hours of fucking bangers. Tortoise. Fuck We're talking yeah. about tortoise um, TNT. Oh, I'm sure we'll we'll uh, maybe we'll cover that in our we'll at some point. But um, uh, yeah, here's a little bit more into into the song. This one is one where you can really hear that dynamic bass. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the bass, I'll just add this real quick. I remember I started taking bass lessons when this album came out, probably the same year, and I saw the music video. And if you take bass lessons, they tell you that playing it like with a pick is cheating. But then I saw this video, and this dude was like playing like a P bass, and he was just rocking, like fucking just doing all this rad pick kind of like playing. And yeah. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to play. That was one pick. of the uh, buddy head rules of rock. They said if was you to play, play with the pick, if yeah. you play yeah. bass with your right. fingers. I mean, I break mean, all your fingers. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to was it? Uh, shout out to Carlos from the Interpol that guy played with the pick. Yeah, absolutely. Paul McCartney Another... too, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, you ever heard you know. of him? And then there's million, uh, hundreds of, ja- of funk and jazz basses that are looking at Dee the white Ramon boys and being like, "Pick the shit out of that bass." But also playing with your fingers, if you're if you're good at bass and you find a, the best way that works for you to play it, it's gonna sound. I think like, it's easier fingers, to play with fingers. Fingers are for pussies. Not <laughs> yeah, tell that guitar. to Bootsy Collins. Yeah, I'm sure Bootsy yeah, Collins would take it well. No, ultimately, fingers, ultimately, fingers however, are for vaginas. Picks are for guitar. <laughs> All right, that was good cut out. Oh, <laughs> all right time stamp that take it out. <laughs> oh no we're keeping that one in time stamp put that back in <laughs> and that's that's a new drop playing <laughs> bass with your fingers is fucking awesome yeah. welcome to shocker talk with dane slaps Cliff. it literally <laughs> slaps <laughs> literally slaps don't make me break out my gram central station records right now <laughs> All right, all right. Who has another? Who has another slapper? Yeah, who hasn't done? Who hasn't done the standalone slapper yet? No, I, right? I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I got one. Go for it. Did you have one too, Nat? I mean, well, uh, I, I think, let's see, I think, three of us have like this one. The bald hair. N- no, uh, oh, that was my. So you can slap. go for it though. Yeah. Oh yeah. The third do- song, bald hair, is my. Ultimate slapper of the album. I think it's the best song on the Ultimate album. Slapper. Wow. Song number three. Um, um, and I feel, Adrian, like at the one minute mark, I feel like when we're talking about the guitar sound on this album, I feel like... Guitar sound. Yeah, guitar <laughs> sounds. It, it almost like it stopped sounding like this shortly after like the mid-2000s. Like you don't hear a lot of these sounding guitars. And um, I like the little crowd noise. It reminded me of, like Marvin Gaye, Gotta <laughs> Give It Up, or like the Weezer <laughs> song. But uh, yeah, maybe the one minute mark of Bullier. Track All three. Right. Slap. Here's the album. 
bottle air. Sounds like he's speaking Esperanto. It's a, I don't it's care very, who you are. That song kind of rocks. A, yeah, that song oh, sure. very Bacchus. Yeah, that's a, that's a dope song. Kind of has a, a kind of a boss-esque cadence there. Oh, yeah, there you go. But you know, it's like that guitar sound, that... Like, I don't yeah. think stuff yeah. sounds like that anymore. Totally. Not totally. really, no. It's very Sonic Youth again as well. And Spoon. It reminded me of Spoon rocking out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is a good live band. If you guys get a chance to go see him. Nat, give us your fucking slapper of this goddamn album. Lay it down, homie. I, I think we I think we'll have this one. Uh, angsty for, trauma, young angsty trauma, lay it down. That's right. Hey, hey. <laughs> um so source tags and codes i think the title track i think we i think at least like adrian had it too right what's on there Definitely. oh you mean that's that's called the titty mm-hmm. track right is that what you call the <laughs> one it's like the name of the thing that it is is the titty track i 100 percent agree boy shout out shout out titty boy Shout out Wiz. <laughs> Shout out the porn star. <laughs> we all know who we're talking about. You've seen her. You've seen his work. Um, yeah, totally. Do you want to? Do you want to hear it? And then you can uh, debrief us on it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, let's let's get a little little. Yeah. Speaking of Friday Night Lights, he, uh, this was famously used in that series. Oh yeah, it oh, has kind it? of a country lick. Shout out Texas. Country, it's kind Texas. of countrified. Besides Ted Cruz, fuck you, baby. <laughs> Shout out Wifey's Homeland. <laughs> After all, am I wonder why? No. Yeah. Well, I'll let yeah. I'll let you jump in in a second. Now. I just want to say uh, that. I really this this song has always been one that I gravitate towards along with the, the another morning stoner. Um mm. and interestingly enough, this one is the one of the few tracks that have that's in um uh standard tuning, I believe. Cause they these guys use crazy tunings for all their songs. So this was one that I always was like I could actually play this and could, I like I, I did learn <laughs> yeah. it back in the day. I, so that was always guitar really God. guitar guy. So that was always really exciting for me when I could actually fucking play the riffs along. And this was one of those ones for me. Let's go ahead, Nat. Yeah. I mean, uh, so this is definitely like what it, 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 it is probably like, like their saddest song, I think out of this whole album. And it just happens to close it. And then, yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned it earlier too, that I've like, what I've listened to this like album, like back to back before, like even, before this like record but uh um let's see what do you then, remember like, then w- now what do you mean what do you remember no. then now, remember the end now. <laughs> that's a simple, simple question <laughs> what do you remember then now what uh this song how is it 
uh, aged for you. That's an yeah. easier way. To ask I mean, <laughs> this this song definitely reminds me of like I don't know how many fucking wave of email there has been, but maybe this this kind of falls in like within that second wave. So like late kind of like 90s. the Midwest. Yeah, modest yeah. mid late nineties. <laughs> I, I think more like I uh, think like mineral. Like yeah, the, or Captain think, Jazz. Yeah. yeah, I think American like football could write this song too. They could Wait, definitely write this that riff. What American football? They write that riff. <laughs> Those lyrics they could not write. <laughs> we We're getting closer. Can we figure it out? We're gonna I get there, no, Noah. I, we're gonna get you over I think that we, fucking. I think we're. Over, we're gonna close. get you to the end zone, as they say in American <laughs> football. We'll get you there. <laughs> Urbana, it's Illinois, a state it's football. A sport too. <laughs> yep. But anyways, I think I I think we've all kind of been afraid to say that this album does have kind of that second, you know, second stage emo kind of feel to it. Those yeah, are the, those are the wags. Good segue. Uh, well, those are the wax. No, <laughs> there's one more. There's one more song I want to highlight, if you guys don't mind. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, is uh, we can just play it real quick too. Is uh, "Heart in the Hands of the Matter." Yes. Um, this is. Oh, yeah. I put this as not my slapper. I put this as my ripper. I thought we already um, played that. That was the Murder City Devils song. No, no that was that, that was, was, uh, was that was a different. Well, that song. was how near. How that was how near. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, this song's a ripper. So, Adrian, give us a little, uh, give us a little tasty taste. Yeah, this one was on my honorable mention list. And I always, again, this is another song that I've always loved. It just, and yeah. I will say that <clears throat> towards the middle of this record, there's a couple of tracks where it's just like super, like how near, how far, and heart, heart in the hand of the matter, kind of this, the they anchor the middle of it, and oh, just yeah, those two back to back, super bangers, yeah. like for yeah, sure, absolutely. So here's heart and the hand a, of the matter. Brings a different energy. Kind of like try something out new. Yeah. This is the Murder City Devil vibe. Definitely. Definitely. A little organ in there. Also sounds kind of like. Uh, that like arcade like fire album was that their yeah first, <laughs> I oh, yeah. Their name. funeral a little bit, a little bit. funeral um, yeah. yeah a little bit funeral. it's like, yeah. like that that bells i don't know like what instrument that will, yeah like, but also kind of has this the bells the has piano. it has this repetitive yeah. guitar part that reminds me a lot of like kind of a and vocally like like greg sage from the wipers it kind of has this like yeah. rhythmic kind of like um because the wipers are one of my favorite punk rock bands of all time uh, and, oh, and yeah. it's just like it's like dark and emotional but it's just like this overlying like aggressive melodicism i don't know it's like really hard to describe the wipers are a hard yeah. band to describe but uh i i Very hear unique. it on this and yeah and it it kind of has that has that energy too and um yeah yeah, yeah i just wanted to it's like a punk rocker singer that has range <laughs> right right and that's definitely yeah what greg sage and conrad keely are bringing all, all right should we move on to the get to these fucking cool. wax welcome back I personally, to the wax zone <laughs> i personally did not have any whackers so i'll leave it to you guys Adrian, i mean like no wax all right 
I didn't have any wax. I did have one wax, but I don't want to bring it up. So what is it? But like, I actually had okay. how near how far on my wax. Not because that oh, song wow. is wax. No, it's because it's emotionally too much for me. It's a little overwhelming. I heard it sounds she, too it, much like American football. <laughs> it sounds too much like uh, what we call soccer. Um, <laughs> sounds British no, for football. sure. No, no, it's 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 good overall. It's just it's a tad corny when I listen to it now. Um, but ultimately, the re- reason I have a bias towards it because yeah, I don't know, it just makes me feel like I'm 15 and being like insecure and like sad yeah. and horny, and I'm like 34 and all those things. Nat, so, I think like, I think Nat, understandable, relatable. Me and you have the same dud, right? <laughs> Song four. Yeah, like I wouldn't say there's whack, but like after like reading the lyrics of the song, I'm like, oh. Okay. Like, yeah, and I a whacker doesn't like, have to like them. the whole song doesn't have to work. It can just be like a dud or like there's oh, an wait, element Nat, of it that's what, just what like, song is your whack? Is it homage? It's it's no, it's a uh, days of being wild. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of a the other one too. That's a dud for me too. Yeah, that's a whack. Yeah, why don't we give it a little listen and we can um Yeah. All right, uh Days of Being Wild. Yeah. Here's a little bit of Days of Being Wild. I get strong like Sparta vibe. (laughs) And also what I hear... What I hear in this, Noah, that I know you don't like is Fugazi. So. Yeah, it's like punk rock. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, you don't like it's, Fugazi, huh? Not really. No, it's like no, it's kind punk. of... <laughs> it sounds like mid-90s Fugazi, like that. In on the Kill Taker Fugazi? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Fugazi's lame. You say that this song is kind of Fugazi. Incorrect. <laughs> No, uh, not you, Nat. No, no. You, mean, you mean it's food lazy? Is that what you're no, to say fugazi. No, fugazi. Oh, like, oh yeah. Like fake. <laughs> like fugazi. Oh, gazy? Uh, oh like fogazi. Fogazi? Like shoegazi. No, fugazi. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you know, fugazi. Got, yeah, fugazi. It's, yeah. Fugazi meets fugazi. Like fugazi. Fugazi. <laughs> fugazi. Supremes. Yes. Like fake. Like Supremes. Yeah. Shout out to all my hype beasts out there. <laughs> but also like it'd be good the if la- there was a band that was like from east la there's a bunch of like latinx folks and they're called fugazi f-o-o-g-a-z-y. i'd like to hear that band if you're out there holler at us we'll put oh. you on a record label bunch of cholos covering yeah. uh <laughs> that's it for sure peter <laughs> but yeah the last few lines of this song too is like kind of corny it, he just like repeats a middle finger to the institution <laughs> over and over again. Oh, that's oh man. I mean, yeah. if you're like 19 years old, like that's pretty. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That's but I think you write in the back like, of a notebook and d- kind of don't come back to ever. You know? <laughs> right. just let it go. Um, I don't think mentioned that this song is whack at all or anything, but I'm um, like, let's say if I was like commuting and i make like good time i might maybe skip this track just to because i do like 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 sort of stagnant 
code, like the closing track, like a lot. But I kind yeah, of want to yeah. go home. So and, it's uh, like a little bit of turbulence that you don't need on like right. a smooth, on a smooth flight, right. on a smooth landing. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what about you, Noah? You, do you have some? Wax yeah, I have or? a huge dud. I think song four sucks. It's called Homage. <laughs> it sounds like Screamo. It's like the most Screamo annoying song. It's like early AFI. It's trash. It doesn't fit. Because wow. I think the first three songs are so good. And then you get this song and it sucks. And then the rest of the album is pretty good. So, yeah. I, I had this on my honorable mentions list because I do. I do like it. I think, honestly, my appreciation of it grew when I learned that it was an unwound tribute because uh, I really, really love unwound. But I don't disagree with you. It does kind of break up the flow of the record a little bit. Uh, but anyways, here's here's a little bit of homage. Well, you managed to play the only cool part of the song. We have some of like, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say that that's not yeah. really def- reflective. I was trying to get to a point where uh, the annoying we'll get to talking that. part. Here's um, here, here's a little bit earlier in the song. Here, let's see if we can get it to. Uh... I don't need this. Nope, not gonna do it. I think this. I think this part's charming. I think this song is totally of a, of an era, and it, it worked. Oh yeah, that that's why I like it too. It definitely it it definitely it fits two thousand two for sure. Yeah, yeah. And if and if like like Jason Reese is listening to this episode, those are like both of his songs. <laughs> oh, are they both his, his songs? <laughs> oh oh shit! Yeah. yeah, get rid of them. <laughs> Get you know he's actually still is he's, he's like the only guy that's still like around yeah him and like, Keely too. yeah all right nice i think did we cover everything that doesn't work for us any any whackers any other highlights uh before we move into the next uh segment no i think we're uh i think we're all in line here okay i think we covered it all well let's take a quick little break and then we're going to come back with our Ratings and a little little preview. It's 69s across the board. <laughs> nice. All right, we are deep into our second hour. Uh, we thought Mad Villainy was a was a landmark, but we are we're about to lap that. Um, so let's go into our ratings. So, how would you guys rate this album? Yeah, I'll go first. Pitchfork style, Noah. Yeah, brother. in a one to ten style. Um, it's funny, this album just grows on me with the every listen, despite that one glaring dud in homage. Homage, it's homage. Uh, um, and I thought, you know, on first blush, it'd be like a 7.9 or something like one of those albums that I'll never listen to again. But then the yeah. more and more I it's listen, what they would give an album that sounded like this now. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like out exactly of the right. gate, they yeah, would give exactly like right. a band like this a seven point yeah. eight. But I like, think because it's 
2002. It's very referential to like 90s bands. We've mentioned a bunch of them. And it's very, it carves its own place in musical history. And I, I hope this album doesn't get forgotten. And I think in a lot of ways, maybe that 10.0 was like a mark of death for them a little yeah, bit. It's kind of like Millie Vanilli getting the best uh, new music. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's hard to live up to. And their subsequent releases were more kind of like proggy and became more like bedroom insular a little bit bedroom rock or something well definitely those those first couple that were after this one for sure yeah Yeah. but uh no i give this a solid 8.5 i think this is a good album and it's definitely an album like our older brother zachary showed us this it's definitely an album like a kid that i knew was into punk rock or something like a like one of my little cousins or something. All my little cousins are like in their twenties now, but, but like, yeah. you know, it'd be like, uh, I don't know if you ever met somebody that's like getting into music and it's just like, yeah, check this album out, you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. 8.5. I think it's very solid, solid album. Good production, great drumming, good vocals. It's, it's uh unique. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Nat, what are you going to give this? Uh, so looking back on the shit that I used to listen to around this era, <laughs> um, the shit that keeps me up at night where like, I'd be trying to go to bed and then like wake up in the night, like shit, I really listened to the use and I was into that shit. And then, <laughs> and then wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I hear you do this like clapper hand it. syndrome where you wake up in the, yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh God, at one point I was a clap your hands, say yeah, fam. I hear deer hooves. I hear I hear deer hunter on my roof. Yeah. Oh, see, now you did it. Now you, now yeah. you pulled the <laughs> I count I count deers to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you should switch to, to Benadryl, baby. Not that I do it. I don't do that shit. But but anyways, um out of out of the shit that I listened to from from around that era um this is the album that's kind of it's 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 very personal too so i know this rating will probably be super biased but there's not a lot of albums that i listen to like you know every now and then still the like that is still is part of that rotation where you can listen to an album from the first track to the ending um just to keep it short and sweet, I would give this a ten. I mean, wow, uh, there it is. Whoa! Like days of being wild. Like even though I picked that as a skippable, it, I, you know, like I don't hate that song. It, it like it still fits into the album, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but, totally. Uh, but like I mean, there's not. Rating. Yeah, I mean, like there's not. I mean, I actually can't think of another album that I could still. Like like listen to like like yearly, I mean is it maybe one of my favorite albums? I don't know. There is another one that is kind of in the same vein that I, that fits in there too. But uh, I don't know if you guys are doing like another episode on it. But I think it is like Bassy music too. But uh, what's that? It is uh, uh Titus Andronicus uh, the airing of Demons. Yeah, we'll which, we'll which definitely that? do an episode on it, and I and I see the thread between this and that. 
like yeah yeah so anthemic hard anthemic yeah hard on your sleeve right referencing yeah all right so yeah net 10.0 now we know what to now we show now we know what to bring you back for on your first episode and you lay down a 10 wow i mean he's, it's definitely he's like the charlie like, he's like the charlie of this episode he's just big oh, he's just big dick and he's finger. just <laughs> yeah charlie yeah adrian yeah. He's, shout out charlie he's, my finger he's showing us up <laughs> well no, i, I mean, guess I'm, no go ahead oh sorry uh, yeah, it definitely it's, it's a totally biased score but yeah yeah, they all like are a, biased. It's like rating, I said, yeah. it, it's a personal like I rating. Said, it's one of the few albums that I still like listen to, kind of. So I, I think that deserves a ten in my book. Exactly. Yeah. That's the same That's thing. Yeah. I, me and Adrian, I think, did with like the MIA yeah. album, where it's yeah. like it's not perfect, but it's like one that we feel stands the test of time. Oh, so, so that's... can I bring something up from the oh, yeah. that MIA episode that yeah. Caleb didn't mention? We had a MIA shrine in our apartment. Oh right! Was this and you had an MIA shrine like a jerk yeah, off we had... tower? <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Maybe yeah, shrine, was, aka a was, jerk off tower. It was like it was like we had like like clip outs of for pictures like uh, like, 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 you like you bought a bunch of magazines. It was like a dream board. <laughs> it's like a vision yeah, board, pretty yeah, much. Like yeah, because you guys wanted to be fridge. MIA. That makes that's, exactly that's cute. No, because she was like the. Um, I think what it was it was like we all had pretty diverse tastes in the house, but we all had pretty good taste in music. I think MIA was like the, and she was the really one. popular at the time. She was like the one that we're yeah. like, oh, that's like our, yeah, that's the common, right. common ground for mm-hmm. all of us and. It was easy to just like, and we all were in the journalism program. Adrian, so what's your rating? <laughs> um, what are you rating for? So, kind of, I kind of go back and forth because <laughs> I've given tens out on the last two episodes so far, it's but both of those records. Bowl of turkey. <laughs> we are on a hot streak though, as far as good. Bowl of yeah, turkey. that's one of these. So turkey. It's tough. It's tough because. You know what? Fuck it. 10.0. I'm with Nat on this Oh, one. there it 10. is. 0. Yeah. There Paola, it is. Paola. <laughs> I didn't have any duds on this. This record means a hell of a lot to me. It means a hell of a lot to my friends. It means a hell of a lot to a lot of people out Wait, there. I'm on Venmo. Who is C. Keeley? And why did he send you money, Adrian? Just kidding. <laughs> Listen, we'll discuss that at another time. But all I want to say the emoji is, is eggplant, eggplant, <laughs> water droplets. I don't, I don't know what that means. Listen, all right, listen. No, this this record, I I think you know it, they themselves say that this is not a perfect record. I think for them, yeah, the they're very of, strong words. Yeah, they 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 yeah. kind of hate it in a way, uh, or maybe not hate it, but they. I think they look at it as like a like an ugly step kid where they're just like we've made it and it blew us up but we're not necessarily they're the kind of people who are like our new album that is the best stuff that we put out so yeah I can understand why you wouldn't want to be looking in the rear view but yeah. for me <laughs> for me I just this record holds up in so many ways and listening to it now I still want to just keep it keep keep it going I listened to it back to back numerous times just because I love it so much. 
there's no way I can give it less than a 10. So it's a 10. Nice. It's very re-listenable. I love, I love the conviction. And for me, what I'm going to give it is I feel like this album is everything about nineties music. I really like, and then everything about early two thousands. So, you know, you do some, fucking math that only makes sense to me so you have the 90s to the 2000s and you give it a 9.5 so i'm going to give it a 9.5 oh, 95 <laughs> yeah. That's solid. yeah and um yeah the same it's like i don't know if i'm can quite give it a 10 objectively you know um but yeah i think 9.5 that's where, where it sits with me it's like it's a tremendous album and it's 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 a powerful piece of art and it, it has a lot of resonance with me but um yeah oh yeah let's do the the math two tens a 9.5 and an 8.5 usually i could get off top of my dome when we're doing it with just three but with four i have to i have to all have to consult my ti 83 so we're gonna go 10 plus 10 plus 9.5 plus what'd you give it now 8.5 all right let's buy that eight point fizzle it's eight like, point fizzle plus ten point nizzle. I think it's like nine point zero. Nine point five. Right. What? That's rigged. That's what <laughs> I said, and I agree. It's so. so rigged. Well, no, it's actually math. I think that's, that's fair, rigged. though, because you know, yeah, like, nine point oh, nine point oh sounds it's good. Mathematically accurate. Because, like, you know, as much as like me and that love this record and you know give it a 10 i think that a 9.5 is fair and i think that the dudes in the band would wouldn't disagree with with bumping it down like i think that that 10 like you're saying is kind of a became sort of a a scarlet mark on them albatross yeah so then they they're they're, you know they're trying to follow it up and it never really lived up to it and you know it's tough it's kind of like it's kind of like like if you put it in to nba terms it's like Christoph Porzingis, kind of. Unicorn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. After, after, after he got that hype. Yeah. Was, and now, now, yeah. Also the Texas now, connection, too. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. It's actually all coming together. Yeah, it was like Michael Oluwakandi going first <laughs> in the 95 draft or whatever. Wow. Deep cut. <laughs> no, um, I think, I think that, yeah, the Porzingis thing is like, they kind of hit a ceiling at some point, but actually didn't do shit. But um, anyways, let's in relations to, you know, everyone's agreed upon favorite song of all time. Smooth by Carlos Santana uh, <laughs> featuring Rob Thomas. Where, how does this album fit in? I, I'm, I got nothing. I, I'm drawing a blank. On this the is smooth, like, the first time. Yeah, this is the first time the smooth scale's just not working for me. I think just no diss to the album, but the smooth scale, you know, where yeah, where you're asking the question, would you rather listen to Smooth by Carlos eleven times? Not as a (laughs) diss to this album, but I would I would listen to Smooth as like a palate cleanser like three, four times after this album. Well buffer between fair enough. Yeah, Yeah, it's guitar, it's guitar rock. Like what Guitar we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and he was nice. like, oh, and I don't know you by the trailer. He's like, dude, that name is like giving me satanic vibes, but I love it. I love it. Remember the time I took the, I took this hab uh this tab of the window pane stuff, like in the mission. 
And I felt like I know where the Trail of Dead went. You know, I think I've been there. Um, if you it's listen like to Soul Sacrifice, the drum solo, it's an old definitely, friend, definitely the same vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think, like, in the smooth scale, if, if you guys do ever get a chance to see them perform this album live, do it. Because it's, I mean, yeah. of course, like, why not, right? But on, uh, in terms of the smooth scale, I could picture them playing this song at, like, a music festival <laughs> as, like, a special, you know? And, and like, um, <laughs> so, like, so, like, so, like, you know how, like, sometimes they have songs playing as a band or, like, or, like the crews, like, setting up like instrument? I can picture like the, the bumper song. music, the interstitial. Yeah. yeah. And, like, sometimes, like, the song fades just, like, like, <laughs> like, it, like right into them coming out but i can picture <laughs> like the the, like but i can picture like them setting up their instruments or like their crew um and i know like smooth fades out at the end and it'll be like the perfect fade out and then and then <laughs> they would come out to that first track nice i love it <laughs> yeah that i mean that says it all right there yeah, i can't yeah. disagree with that i can't top that so, so wait, let's hear smooth going into <laughs> it was the all right that I saw. All right, all right let me uh give me a give me a second to keep <laughs> We're flipping the script flipping the script like rob reiner <laughs> so this one like I, I would have to like pee be like what the fuck when are they gonna come on jesus christ it's taking forever you know how like when like that's always telling they would what, figure what the, out what the indie bands are playing before they're set. Yeah. Yeah. Wu Tang, like the amount of times I've gone to see like for example, Nat, I think you were there, like going to see Titus Andronicus. They were usually mm-hmm. playing like the Jizza, like Liquid Swords, I feel like yeah. <laughs> gets played interstitially. Well, a lot of times the bands don't have the choice. It's the it's the, it's the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Although and I that just say... goes to show a lot of time how people who do house sound have really good taste in music. <laughs> a lot of time they are musicians. Yeah. Well, they want something with good fidelity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I will levels. say yeah. Sorry, not to jump not to not to jump on you, but uh I, I will say that there's been a couple of times where I found like super killer tracks just through those middle parts. Uh, one thing, one that comes to mind is I forget what the show was, but they were playing um, the, the Eno burn record, the um, ghost in the bush, ghost in the bush, but I can't remember the song, but it has this really killer baseline. And I just remember thinking like, damn, this is like, I think the it was called fun. I'm in love with a potato. <laughs> But the the baseline was killer enough to where I'm like, damn, this this is such a perfect segue for the band. So I think there's an artistry to that. But anyways, yeah, let's get into smooth. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nat. Did you have something to to add there? No, I was gonna say uh, push forward. Yeah, no, push forward. <laughs> All right. Well, here is a little bit of smooth going into Trail of Dead. Then the light dims. Then. Oh! Yeah, the frequency. Oh, you're like, what's that? <laughs> Tuning it in. But, ah, that kind of works. Yeah, because yeah, he was 
Santana was tuning out. He's like, dee, dee, dee. if I was at a festival and <laughs> like I heard Morse like, code, dude, it's like a <laughs> telegraph. If there was a festival where I would walk away from the end of smooth and then, yeah, I would be totally captivated. But if I was also at a festival and I heard that intro to this song, I would run from wherever I was to like catch it. <laughs> There's some bizarre. <laughs> There's like a bizarro world where 2002 where and you will know us by the trail of the dead source tags and code became as big as like 1990 what is it 1990s 1999's uh santana supernatural, supernatural where they were like co-headlining coachella <laughs> 2005 <laughs> oh wow hell of a show well, that's a fever dream that i hope to have someday <laughs> all right um Oh man, we are at the hour three mark. Let's uh, whatever happened to this band? They never got back to this. Those other albums they never did anything. Moving on, they've they have, they've had I more albums say, after this than they had before. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Let me. And they're, uh, uh, I yeah. would just add that they did release a record last year, and it got yeah. good reviews, and it's not bad. It's I'll, called like the Realm of Death or something. Or, yes, something. I didn't like that one. Yeah. That's not one at all. I was in the it's one not like bad. not. It's not called So Divided. I think that was the one bef- after the one that was right that after was, this. Yeah, that was two know. after this one. Yeah, the one that has like the super proggy yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. That's it's it's Carter okay. Was that the one that had like Hunterwall? No. Oh yeah, it's the one that Hunter has Wall? like the and the best will fall and the rest will follow. I had that right. song on it. Not great. It had some okay songs, but yeah, it never really matched up. So you can just leave it That's at that. And then I guess Conrad Keeley had enough of America and, and moved to Cambodia and good on him. Yeah. More uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, personal anecdotes. I sent them an email and they never fucking emailed me back. Maybe I should check my spam filter though. Maybe they <laughs> did get back to me. Yeah. Go back to 2000 and three and check your spam senile file. 805 at aol maybe maybe they're like dude you sound like <laughs> senile really? 805? yeah that was my screen name and my email oh. and they could be like um, okay. you sound like a really cool dude the next time we're playing sam lewis <laughs> you and all your friends can smoke weed with us and get free <laughs> we'll tickets. put you on the list yeah join our free team <laughs> yeah join our join the our, the sixth column all right. Any uh, final parting thoughts on this before we go into into the game? It fucking rules. Let's go. Uh, it's yeah. a slapper. slapper. Yeah, it's a slapper. And I just want to say before we go into the game, I was like, uh, I'm really glad you liked this album, though, because I never know knew what you thought of this <laughs> album. Because it's like it's like one of those things that like we never crossed path with, so we never really talked about. And it was like, like when you sent out that first text, you're like, oh, this is emo or whatever. I was like. Oh man, this could go any which way. And then you kept sending all these other texts. We're like, it's pretty good. And then I was, I was just really charmed that um, we all kind of had, we're all on the same page about this album. Let's be honest. Yeah. I thought that Noah was going to hate it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think because so I listened to a lot of, I had other friends at the time that listened to the more screamo stuff. And I was like, this is trash, guys. Like, you guys call yourself punk rock. This is so far beyond the pale of punk rock. So I was like, this is more closer to like what the spirit of like punk rock and rock and roll is. Other than that, like that hot topic, hot trash, Midwest fucking 
shit, shit, teenage girl trash music that is screamer. Yeah, fair enough. And um, and I'm I'm glad you're able to see beyond that, and that's awesome. Yeah. So, having said that, do you want to play a game? Yeah, we got to do this real quick. So, you guys out there, listen to this episode in 1.5 speed. All right. Uh, the game is called The Long Name Game. And if you listen to 1.5 speed, we might all sound sober, too. <laughs> yeah. The Long Name Game. All right. Um, so, this band has a long ass name yes or no it's <laughs> 30 39 characters so here's the deal i'm gonna give you guys a factoid about a band with a long ass name and you try to guess the long ass name oh okay and, and the answer is always the band right and is yeah. the answer always the band's name always the band's name and i'll okay. try to get i'll give you the letter count too if that helps you all right, here we go. First things first. This 2000s indie band recorded a full album cover of Tom Petty's 1989 Full Moon Fever, released in 2018. The band has 26 letters in their name. Wow, that's a Anything ringing any bells? I'll give you a hint. This is like a Brooklyn no. band. They were big for a little while. Edward was like, our buddy Edward was obsessed with these guys. Um, the pains of being pure at heart. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Oh, there you go. Really? Yeah. Wow. They covered right. for early 2000s? They, recovered, wow. they covered it in 2018. Shout out to Edward for liking the most random of bands. But We'll do that one one day, I guess. They're good. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they were there. Here we go. There. Here we go. This English electronic band was featured on the soundtracks of such iconic 80s movies as Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, and Arthur 2, colon, On the Rocks. Fuck, these are hard. 29 letters. <laughs> This is a iconic electronic orchestral oh, maneuvers in the dark. Oh, Whoa, yeah, Caleb! Yeah. He must have nice. googled. Damn. He googled my question. This fool does the New York Times crossword. Okay, here we go, Adrian. That's two to zero. All right, Adrian, Nat, you guys could probably get this one. All right, this next one's twenty-nine letters, and it is. This project was initially established under a set of. Dogma 95 like rules, and the rules were short songs played in C on white notes of a Casio keyboard. Hey, Sunny Day in Glasgow. What'd you say? Uh, Sunny Day in Glasgow? No. Nope. Uh, but you do use Casio keys, though. Played in C nothing. on white notes of a Casio keyboard. So much for ebony and ivory. Is it? Cassio Tone for the Painfully Alone. Yeah, he had that one. Oh song. god, damn it! The I saw cover, him live once in a basement in an addict. All right, cover of the Memphis. I'm going to Memphis. That's the only good song he had. Okay, here we go. This indie pop band from Springfield, Missouri, sucks. And in 2007, they performed. <laughs> At the Afisha Picnic Music Festival in Moscow, Russia. 
Moscow, Russia so is your hint. So what's the characters? 32 oh. letters. 32 fucking letters. My Moscow, God. Russia is your hint. Think about it. This is like 2007. Indie pop. Indie pop. It's oh, my the name, God. The name of a prime minister, a Russian prime minister, is in the band name. Oh, I like love you, Boris Yeltsin. Yeah. Someone still loves you. Someone still loves you. Wow. Okay. You know what? Fuck the mid-2000s. <laughs> Indie pop. That's that shitty the... architecture in Helsinki. So it's like you got, your band had to suck and have a long, annoying, stupid band name, too. To Was be that captivating. Part of the... Yeah. All right, here we go. This one's easy. Keep your hands on the buzzer for this one. This band is occasionally referred to as PUSA or Pot USA. President oh, of the United States, States of America. Yeah. Yeah, they suck too. <laughs> All right, here we go. This band takes its name from the comedian and character actor featured in the 1990s film, 1990 film Ghost, starring Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. Okay, this is your fake answer. Um, <laughs> what ghost is what? Were Can we you name about? the comedian character actor that was in that movie, other than Whoopi Goldberg? He plays the, the guy dude that... who kicks the cigarette machine that you and Zachary saw, swear you saw at the uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's his name? It's like um, uh, Vince. Uh... Oh, he's a Latino man. God damn it. What the fuck is his name? Uh, the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about putting that Speaking on. Speaking of email. There was, or I was... love you, but I have chosen darkness. Yeah. When I was, uh, <laughs> is that the same band? <laughs> what is that one? Like cute is what we aim for. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, when oh, I was right. thinking yeah, of this game, there's a plethora of shitty bands with long titles. I almost did my life as a dog. That wasn't quite long school ago. of the seven bells no it is a place to bury strangers so the well the actor i'm thinking about the guy that mugs sam and ghost the patrick swayze character john detoro he's like know. the thug that's just my yeah what just give it to us because okay. it's made up so there's <laughs> And thus, the ghost of Rick Aviles will haunt you forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. R.I.P. Rick Aviles. He's yeah. dead in real life. He died of a heroin overdose, sadly. It's too yeah. bad. That is too bad. Well, thank you very much. That was a, that was a fun game. And a uh, uh, little word of advice to bands. Just keep your names short. Short. You know? short Just man. keep it short. K-I-S-S, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of K-I-S-S, bitch, uh, next week we are starting something uh, new for ourselves. Um, we're going to do a little three-part series on one of my personal favorite bands, um, AC, who, of course, is Anal Care, Care, the infamous uh, grind band from uh, uh, <laughs> Boston, who is the fronted by uh may he live in peace uh, uh seth putnam so we'll be doing an a yeah we'll be doing an ac um trilogy okay. no no i don't think that's uh i don't think that's accurate 
wait so not anal i don't want to say it but anal c word no anal c word okay so i apparently we're doing another ac man i would have loved to talk about kyle from an incantation wears a mustache and all those <laughs> great songs but uh we're doing animal collective we're doing a little trip kick of episodes and next week we are starting off with uh the first in the series is feels and then we'll do a couple other albums after that yeah. so um so we're gonna do yeah. three in a row right a trilogy feels yep an ac trilogy okay. we're gonna get into the all the feels. Rabbit. that's a hint uh, <laughs> and also th thank you for reminding me we really want all of our listeners out there to send an email with their best slash worst animal collective lyric impressions and the best way to do it is do not look at what the lyrics are just what your memory of the lyric is and send us an audio file of you singing your favorite animal collective. And we parts. ourselves need to come up with our animal collective names. I mean, mine's probably yeah. easy. It's Noah Ark, I guess. Or it's Noah Lennox. Noah will be Noah Lennox. AKA. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I got beef with yeah. that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, please send us your, uh, an, your animal collective impressions to wackerslaps at gmail.com and we will play them on the air. Keep them short. Just we, we want to hear what you have to say. So, yeah, stick around. Animal, to... Sorry, what's my animal collective name, though is national geographic <laughs> that's pretty nice good. that's pretty good and my yeah, animal collective name will be nothing rhymes with caleb so just call me orange you can call me addy tear well oh, there you go caleb well, thank you for giving us a listen nat thank you so much for joining us this was abundantly well, entertaining and um yeah well happy to have you back Anytime you want, we'll get some, uh, you know, Nat specific uh, episodes queued up. And don't worry, listeners. I got, he'll be back. I, I definitely got some animal collective impressions. So, yeah, you'll be hearing we'll, from me. You'll hear him in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, thank you to Kiki Ontiveros for our theme song. Some very slapping. Thank you, Adrian, uh, for all your production work. Noah, for keeping it, keeping it bit heavy. And um, yeah, check us out at all of our uh, socials. That's at Wacker Slaps. Uh, check us out at wackerslaps.com. Email wackerslaps at gmail.com. For Noah and Adrian and Matt, I am Caleb, and this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, what made Milwaukee famous? Oh, hit the music. Bye. <laughs>